Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it is the live Saturday edition of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And Mark sounding a little bit nicer tonight back on his old microphone. Uh, for those of you that were yeah, a little that didn't confused. Work out. Uh, some of our listeners noticed uh, last night when you tried swapping out to a, to a different microphone, and it just it didn't work out. So we're back to sounding as we normally do. Anyway, just thought I'd let you know, those of you who are technically concerned last night, 800-259-9231. As always, a whole lot to talk about here tonight. Of course, your calls are primary, if you make them. Let's start things out, though. Let's talk a little bit about the Ron Paul campaign. Okay. Um, it's just, you know, it's an amazing campaign. He's really just done a fantastic job of uh, getting out there and and bringing up some issues that have probably never been talked about, at least as long as I've been alive in presidential politics, uh, specifically things like the Federal Reserve, the war on drugs, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah, He's the only Republican out there suggesting that we should get out of the uh, occupation of Iraq and bring the other uh, bring all the troops home from the other hundred and thirty five military countries. military bases or countries that we have military bases in there's a uh, 700 military bases 135 countries that we're in nobody else is talking like that these people are supposed to be fiscally responsible the republicans are supposed to be fiscally conservative please not with maintaining a military like that right so with a message as republicans a re- like bureaucrats they like the government they just want their bureaucrats armed to the teeth yeah so, Democrats, they like their bureaucrats to hand out money to poor people and, and the disabled and things like that. But they both like government. It's yeah. just different types of government. And they think the government can solve problems. So with a unique message like Ron Paul has, it's inevitable that the people that are a part of the establishment, those who are currently sitting in Washington, D.C. with their positions of power, those in the, again, the establishment, the establishment media as well, will feel threatened. They're frightened. They're scared. They, uh, they don't want this guy in the race. They want to do everything they can to marginalize him and to make his supporters seem like a bunch of kooks or whatever. So basically, apparently a memo... They can't make him look bad because he's a Boy Scout. He was a doctor for... They're going to do their best. Doctor. He was ex-military. They can't, they can't do anything to make him look bad. That's true. But there are some things that sort of surround Ron Paul that they're going to try to pick at. And sure. uh, essentially, LibertyMaven.com has come out with the official media guide to attacking Ron Paul. Uh, now, this is sort of tongue-in-cheek a little bit here. They're suggesting that uh, they've uncovered a letter from the office of the mainstream media czar, uh, and that basically what it does is it outlines different ways to, to go after the Ron Paul campaign. This probably this memo probably doesn't really exist, but it's sort of fun, because it really it breaks down the ways they're, they're going after Ron Paul. Uh, here are some of the ways you can do it. You can marginalize him, and here are some of the tactics to utilize when applying for mass media Ron Paul rule. Uh, you can continually label him as a long-shot candidate. This is the most important of all the tactics, so right. it's listed first. Just make sure that everybody understands, well, Ron Paul, doesn't not much chance he's going to make it. Right. Dark horse, long shot, th- you know, term- terminology like that. Look, nobody's won the presidency. Mitt Romney is not president. Giuliani is no. not president. Ron Paul will be the president if the most people vote for him. That's all. Sure, it's true that Ron Paul has won or placed high in many straw polls across the country. Most straw polls. But we must never mention so. Instead, in every article or television news story copy, we should use one or more of the terms dark horse, long shot, barely registering in the polls, quixotic, or gadfly. If we do this consistently, our job is complete. 
We can also attack his supporters. Ron Paul has a stellar personal record with his marriage of over 50 years, five children, and 18 grandchildren. His political record is also exemplary with him never voting to raise taxes and always voting in accordance with the Constitution. Because of this, attacking him on his record is a daunting task. The best method to marginalize him, therefore, is to attack his supporters. This can be accomplished by calling his supporters names like kooky, crazy, conspiracy nutjobs, paltards, and the like. Now, here's another thing I don't understand. If you look at the Democrat side of this, um, and you, you'll find all kinds of crazy nuts. Uh, you know, they're, they're environmentalist nuts, but they're still, they, you know, they're people that, uh, that, that want to get rid of the combustion engine, want us to live in caves, um, you know, think that... Uh, all, you know, any kind of technological advance is is an attack on uh, planet Earth. I mean, people that really do not want progress, and they call Ron Paul supporters nuts? Yeah. This is classic guilt by association and works well on the apathetic electorate. You can also call him libertarian as much as possible. Continually giving him the libertarian label is a great covert method of Ron Paul marginalization. This reinforces that he's not really a Republican, even though he has held office as a Republican for ten terms. We find that if you're in radio or television, you might say this world, uh, you might say the word libertarian using a negative tone during questioning. This perpetuates the extremism inherent in Ron Paul's policies, even though the word libertarian simply means one who believes in liberty. You can also continually ask him if he's planning on running as a third-party candidate. I swear, I have not seen a Ron Paul interview where they haven't asked him this question. Right. That means you're going to lose the Republican primary, and what are you going to do when you lose? And, uh, you know... <laughs> and he answers it the same every single time. But they haven't keep they... on asking. Look, right. look, he's a Republican. He's been a Republican. He's been elected to Republican office ten different times to the House of Representatives. He's a Republican. Maybe he's not the kind of pro-war, spend-a-whole-bunch-of-money Republicans that have been in charge of Washington mm -hmm. for the last six years, but he's a Republican. This tactic should be used often. It accomplishes two things. First, it suggests that Ron Paul is not a serious candidate for the Republican Party. And second, it will get him on record as saying he won't run for a third party. If he should happen to run third party at a later date, he can be attacked for changing his position. Now, to Ron Paul's credit, he usually answers the question without giving an, a real affirmative answer. He'll say 99.9% .9 chance, or I haven't really considered it, something I'm not thinking about. So he does leave that door open. Uh, which I think is a smart move on, on his case, or in his part. Ask him, here's something else you can do uh, if you're in the media. You can ask Ron Paul if he would support the GOP nominee if he doesn't win. Ron Paul is against the Iraq war and wishes to bring the troops home from overseas in order to help stem the tide of government overspending. This makes him different from all of the other Republican candidates who support keeping our troops overseas indefinitely. As media, we must make all attempts to not only marginalize his candidacy, but also marginalize his steadfast message of linking the costs to the, uh, the cost of the war on terror to our economic woes here at home. And by the way, Ron Paul very brilliantly uh, does say whenever he's asked the question about, well, who would you support if you didn't get the nomination? And he says, nobody. I wouldn't support any of those right. guys. Why do they keep on asking that question? Who would you support? They're trying Look, to... he's running for president. Who would he support for president? Yeah. Himself. Sick and weird. Focus. Uh, here's something else you can do if you're in the media. Focus on his campaign strategy rather than his message. Ron Paul's message of freedom, prosperity, and peace should be overshadowed by talk of his successful grassroots campaign. The more we focus on how he raises money and the types of supporters he has, the less time he has to talk about his message that's sure to resonate with most Americans. We must make all attempts to block or cloud that message. If it were to get out, it could spell doom for our chosen candidates. Right. You know, who... 
who is this? Uh, you know, who do the who does the media think they are? Really, telling us who the front runners are and all that other stuff, holding these polls as though they have a system that works. I mean, their polling system stinks. They call people on the telephone, um, you know, former people that are have voted in the Republican primary or like, likely to vote as Republicans. Um, they ask them, which Republican do you like? Well, obviously those people aren't, you know, Ron Paul's not your average Republican. Those people, the average Republican isn't going to vote for him. Plus, Ron Paul supporters are much younger, so they call them on their home telephone. Young people don't even have home telephones, but they still have a vote. The media, they just don't get it in They're this They're a dinosaur, Mark, is really what they right. are. They print their, their news on newspaper, people. <laughs> Nobody reads a newspaper that's under the age of 40. Well, rarely. Rarely do people under the age of 40 get their news from the newspaper. They either get it from television or the Internet. The media really right now, more so than anything else, is, is basically coasting on their past success. Uh, they still have a significant user base. There's still a significant number of people out there watching television channels and reading newspapers and, and that sort of thing. But with all the uh, the new media coming out, they can see that their uh, their user base is being slowly chipped away by things like YouTube and the iPod and, and that sort of thing, that these new media devices that are available. And they don't really know what to do about it. They're they're just sort of this old dinosaur format, and they they don't they they were used to just sitting there thinking that great you know we've got this semi monopoly over this land mass that the FCC has grad, uh, granted us and we'll never have to worry about any new competition coming into the game and then all of a sudden YouTube comes out and then uh, you know iPods out there and now mm-hmm. they've got all this new competition they don't know what to do we can talk more about it on the way here this is your show it's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com for live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version. Two sizes will fit virtually every Internet connection. Just go to freetalklive.com to experience that completely free. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. And SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359 for SACL CAI. That's 800 544 6359 started out the show by uh, we're reading off a list of uh, a memo sort of a fantasy memo uh, that has gone out apparently to all the members of the mainstream media as to how to handle this crazy Ron Paul campaign we need to marginalize him as much as possible keep his message out of the limelight attack his supporters because we can't attack him he doesn't really have anything you can attack him over uh, you, you've got to marginalize him you've got to ask him over and over again if he's going to run as a third party candidate you've got to ask him which GOP nominee He's going to support if he doesn't win. All kinds of all kinds of questions that actually have nothing to do with his viewpoint on the issues, but it's just this sort of periphery stuff to the campaign that's really just not really of issue. They're, they're trying to distract people from Ron Paul's message. That's what they're suggesting here. And uh, we were just talking a moment ago, Mark, and I know you had something you wanted to throw into this, about the mainstream media. They're really... 
they don't know what to do. I mean, they they don't know how to handle this new media phenomenon that's on the rise. Well, They're here's just what what stuck in the mud. What disappoints me about it is, um, look, the media hasn't known who the president was was going to be all along. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, in in the last presidency, uh, or you know, it was uh, John Kerry the, when he ran, two thousand four. Yeah, they thought it was going to be Howard Dean. Before they had the elections in Iowa, Howard Dean was the front runner. Now, isn't that funny? Because Howard Dean was supposedly the the hot thing in 2004 because he had an internet campaign. But now Ron Paul, even though his internet campaign is, is yeah, like it's the real deal. Howard Dean was a bunch successful. of crap. It's vastly more successful than Howard Dean. And but all of a sudden now, oh well, internet stuff doesn't matter right. anymore. It doesn't. It's it's sidelined, marginalized crap. Right. You know, and the media has never known. Uh, you know, they did. They, if you look at every single election, they don't know who the front runner is going to be. Mm-hmm. But they continue to tell us that they do. Well, they act like it. It's the, it's sort and, of. That. And here's the. But, but that's and that's fine. The media is supposed to act like their product is relevant. Right. That newspapers are. The television are. It's it's the people that listen and say, well, I know who's going to be the president. Blah 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 blah. Ron Paul doesn't have a chance. Da 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 da. You don't know what you're talking right. about. And <laughs> just because Wolf Blitzer says so doesn't right. mean anything. Just because the, they're polling at whatever they're polling at now, it doesn't matter. If you go back and you look at the polls, nobody has ever been the front runners all the way through. So all I can tell you about the presidential um, race is it is not going to look like it does right now after um, in two weeks, three weeks from now. Yeah. Things are going to change entirely. Huckabee's running uh, running ahead in Iowa. He wasn't before. There was, uh, you know, Huckabee didn't have a chance. He's got six hundred thousand dollars in the bank. He still doesn't have a chance, as far as I'm oh, concerned. Oh, he's got the money bomb coming up, though, Mark. On December twenty seventh, they're going to raise up to a million dollars. Well, you know, Huckabee—that's their goal. Huckabee likely will um, win Iowa. After all, Iowa voted Pat Robertson in in two thousand. <laughs> Pat Robertson. Can you imagine him as president? So, Yikes. um, yeah, Iowa's a little, little too fundy, um, for, uh, for the rest of America. And you know you you never know what's going to happen in New Hampshire. Now New Hampshire really matters when it comes to these elections. I mean it's the first real primary, open primary, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll see what New Hampshire says. I predict Ron, I I know Ron believe in my heart thoroughly that Ron Paul's going to get at least twenty percent. And I think he might win New Hampshire. There's certainly more signs here for Ron Paul than anything else. Now, unlike the rest of the media, Free Talk Live will usually uh, remind you that just because Mark makes a, pr- makes a prediction doesn't mean that he knows what he's talking about. Right. I'm just some guy who's watching the numbers. <laughs> and but I am here in New Hampshire, unlike uh, people in 49 other states. Th- that much is true. Uh, but But it just really goes to show the difference between a show like ours... And a lot of the other shows on the radio, you know, if you listen to somebody like Rush Limbaugh, it's that same mentality that infects the rest of the mainstream media. It's, you know, Rush, of course, is going to claim that, well, it's a bunch of liberals out there in the media. Well, okay, whatever. You're all a bunch of authoritarians, as far as I'm concerned. You you like big government as long as it's, you know, the people that you want in charge of the big government. And they all act like they know what they're talking about. Rush Limbaugh, this, ah, oh, one hand tied behind my back, I'm 90 right, 99% right all the time. Right, he only has to be he has to, I, I would love to see the numbers and who who uh, really comes <laughs> up with this. But, um, you, you know, you only have to be uh, wrong uh, 1% of the time in order to, uh, you know, for Rush to miss this one. And I don't think he's predicting at this point who's going to win and who isn't. No, I was just but talking about the, the re- general mentality of the media. None of the Republican candidate, candidates are from states that count. Rudy Giuliani's from New York. You think Rudy Giuliani's going to beat Hillary Clinton in New York? Do you think Rudy Giuliani is going to get elected 
in New York at all. I mean, it's a blue state. Forget it. He's probably not even going to carry that state if he uh, does manage to be the uh, the Republican nominee. Um, Romney from Massachusetts, that's not one of the big states. How many electoral votes do they have? None compared to uh, uh, New York, uh, Texas, Florida, California, the ones that count. Um, you know, the Fred Thompson's from Tennessee. Please. Like, what's that count for? McCain's from Arizona. None of these guys have one of the states that count. You have to be yeah, but in... does Arkansas count? I mean, Bill Clinton won back in the day. Yeah, I, I, See, again, that's all kind of But Bill silly. Clinton would not have won if it hadn't been for Perot pulling away the votes, uh, you know, the Republican votes from George uh, Bush Sr. A couple more pointers on how the media can attack Ron Paul. Bill Clinton never got a majority of the votes. To marginalize him as much as possible. You can attack Ron Paul for not returning donations from fringe supporters. White supremacists and prostitutes have donated money to Ron Paul, and that is bad. We can use our political correctness and superior morality as a weapon and ask him why he doesn't return that donation money. After all, a white supremacist would do more good with having an extra $500 in his pocket than a doctor who's delivered over 4,000 babies while preaching peace and equal rights for everyone. This has to be the most absurd attack yet. Uh, have you yeah. seen these interviews, Mark, where well, they're <laughs> asking him about the white supremacist contributions? Right. Uh, you know, they they would just love to marginalize uh, Dr. Paul but in any way they Ron can. Ron Paul does such a great job at answering this one. He points out, well, why would I want to put that money back into their pocket? That's just money that they can spend promoting their hate agenda. Ron Paul's not a white supremacist, nor is he... Uh, you know, nor is he uh, somebody that goes to a strip club or somebody that's going to go to a you know a brothel. Mm. But that doesn't mean he can't take money from those people. If if those are people that support his message of liberty, they're Americans. I don't see why it matters. Yeah, and 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 then Ron Paul also says, "Am I supposed to vet all of my thirty-seven thousand or fifty thousand donors?" On you know, he got over fifty-seven thousand donations on the most recent money bomb date. Yeah. Is he supposed to go through? person by person and find out if that individual is morally reprehensible or not? I mean, are you telling me that some white supremacist out there somewhere hasn't donated to Mike Huckabee or Rudy Giuliani Mm -hmm. or or, uh, uh, Fred Thompson? Are you telling me that? Yeah, it's outrageous. Here's another one, though. Abolishing the IRS is crazy. You could attack his stance, if you're in the media, on abolishing the IRS and replacing it with nothing. Uh, If you attack that, that's also effective. After all, most Americans don't know that we could do without the income tax if we just went back to the same level of government spending we had in the 1990s. A great method is to reply to his answer with an incredulous, replace it with nothing? How can the government function? This tactic will scare people into believing in how the government always has our best interests at heart. It will help people to ignore the fact that Ron Paul also wants to cut government spending drastically as well. More on the way, this is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there, we give them away. So enjoy those on us. And those include the uh, our archives. We've got an entire year's worth of the program right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Go grab them up for free at freetalklive.com. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of chemicals, including boric acid and uh, fire retardants. Does this bother you? Well, it should, because you're breathing that stuff all night. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. 
They have crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. 800-259-9231. Starting out tonight, uh, we t- we've been giving a list, sort of an unofficial list of the different tactics the media has been using, the mainstream media has been using to attack. Because it certainly isn't us that's mainstream. The Ron Paul campaign, no doubt about that. <laughs> uh, when Free Talk Live is the mainstream, we'll have already won, I think. <laughs> right. Uh, and it's just kind of it's an accurate list. I mean, they've really they're doing everything they can to try to marginalize Ron Paul and his campaign, and and they do whatever they can to keep away from letting Ron Paul actually talk about the issues. Though, I mean, there are some obvious exceptions to this, and I have to say that the Glenn Beck interview, which I did watch a couple of days ago, was pretty darn fair. I have to say that oh, that I was would a agree. great interview. Uh, but otherwise, the little five-minute segments he has on MSNBC and CNN. But apparently, and they had to threaten him with death for him to get that uh, interview, though. Is that right? Well, I mean, that's what he claimed on the uh, on on the interview itself is that uh, huh. you know he he was giving Ron uh, a. A fair interview and everything, but that some of Ron Paul's supporters had threatened him with uh, killing him, and he had a uh, you know bodyguards and SWAT team, the whole deal. So you know that's what it took to get their attention. I see. A couple of weeks before that, and, and I thought it was a great interview. I'm, I'm, and I know that Glenn Beck has some uh, libertarian leanings and all, but a couple of weeks before that, he did a uh, a story on the Ron Paul money bomb that occurred on Guy Fawkes Day, mm-hmm. and sort of drew some parallels between uh, Ron Paul's supporters and terrorists. Sure. So, I mean, I, I, I like what he did with the interview, but it looks like somebody had to scare the bejesus out of him to get it to happen. Well, I don't know. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but I do know that the media um, certainly has been trying to attack Ron Paul based on his supporters. Um, you know, because some of them are crackpot conspiracy theorists, that must mean Ron Paul's a conspiracy theorist. Or because some of them are uh, white, white supremacists or strippers or, you know, prostitutes in Nevada, then that must mean Ron Paul supports all those people. And it's just absurd, and it's not true at all. And I think Ron Paul's done a good job of batting all that off so far. But here's the final tip uh, for people in the mainstream media as to how to marginalize Ron Paul's campaign. Label him as an isolationist for his foreign policy views. Right. Since he wants to bring our troops home not just from Iraq, but all the other 130 occupied countries, he should be deemed an isolationist. It doesn't matter that Ron Paul wants free trade and travel with other countries and thus is not an isolationist, but instead a non-interventionist. Right. Now, that's, that's, that's the difference. And, it, and it, the media can't be this stupid. Uh, the, the other presidential candidates cannot be this stupid. They have to know what the difference between an isolationist and a non-interventionist is. Look, we just don't want to go to other countries and kill them. That's what that's what a non-interventionist is. We don't want to send our troops over there to keep the peace, which troops don't keep peace. Troops carry guns. Mm-hmm. Troops kill people. Now, you it may, doesn't matter if they aren't shooting may, people. They're still there carrying weapons around. Right. It's the threat of shooting people. Look at uh, Saudi Arabia. We have bases there. Obviously, there's no conflict going on in Saudi Arabia, but... Where were the terrorists from 9-11 that attacked us? Where were they Saudis, from? Saudis. Yeah. I wonder why. Perhaps they are somewhat disenchanted with their, uh, with their leaders there, their, their king. The United States government is supporting a king. Does that not make you sick? I mean, we fought two, uh, over two centuries ago. We fought a war to free ourselves from a king. And now we're supporting one in Saudi Arabia? Of course those people want to kill us. Yep. We're the we're the muscle behind the throne over there. Just as Americans would be angry if uh, you know Ethiopia decided to set up a military base in their city. How right? How mad would uh, we be if uh, if if 
Red China, China yeah. decided that they were going to uh, put their military force behind Bill Clinton, yeah. and he was going to stay in office as long as he wanted. Or George Bush, and he was going to stay in office just as long as he wanted. Well, we'd be pretty darn mad. As a matter of fact, we'd be real mad, and we'd want to depose uh, George Bush, but we wouldn't know that we wouldn't be able to unless we got China out of our backyard. How would we get China out? Well, we'd attack them. What other way can you do it? You can't ask them nicely. I, I, I don't I don't understand how Americans do not get this. It's they strange, think that the, isn't it? the they think that the Middle Easterners hate us because of Britain is Spears and and Coca Cola. They hate our freedom. They hate our liberties. I think it's just well, look American- at the TSA, America. Yeah. The, the the terrorists took your freedom. They took it on nine eleven. You gave it to them because that's the only way they can get it. I think that it's 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 easy to ask why Americans don't get it, and, and there's probably several different answers to that question. It probably just has more to do with them not thinking than anything else. They're just repeating what they're told. They're repeating what they hear on Rush Limbaugh or the mainstream media or whatever it is that they're uh, – wherever they're getting their information from, whatever biased pro-state, pro-government uh, information it is they're getting, they just repeat it. People don't think. They're too busy with other things. They're you know trying to figure out how to put food on the table. They don't have the time to think about international politics. And it wouldn't take a lot of thinking, but I just don't think they're doing any. Let's go across the pond. You can take control of the airwaves. It's Ziggy in the United Kingdom. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, Ziggy. What's on your mind? Um, Right. Okay. couple of stories from the UK. Um, First of all, um, yesterday, the police, a couple of years ago after the 7-7 bombings here, um, the day afterwards, they accidentally shot an innocent Brazilian on a tube train. Okay. I remember that. Yeah. Jean-Charles Jimenez. I can't. Sorry, I can't pronounce the name. Um, anyways, yesterday it was um, said that no prosecution will be made against any police involved. No. You know, if, we, just... if, we, if, if, we, if we killed an innocent person, we'd go to jail. Oh, yeah. The police go back out on patrol. You know, Ziggy, even if it were an accident, we'd still spend a whole hell of a lot of time in court and possibly go even go in for some sort of negligent homicide or manslaughter charge. I mean, even if we didn't intend on killing that person, yeah. we would be facing some serious trouble. Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly that's what I was saying. And also, the, uh, the, the Labour government have said now they want to ban prostitution. Now, let me explain the law here. Basically, there's no law... Of, about paying for sex because you can't really prove that people pay for sex. Hmm. There is a law against soliciting advertising. Okay. But now the government actually wants to ban paying for sex. Oh, that's an awful idea. And, you know, if, if they do that, I'll bet the rape and sexual assaults will, will go up. Sure. And secondly, I'd like to remind uh, people in, in uh, power of what John Stuart Mill once said, over mind and body, the individual is sovereign. Yeah, uh, well, you know, that's how it should be. It's your it's your body. You should be able to sell the services of it and eat to uh, anyone also, you want. Also, um, on the Ron Paul bit, um, I have taken an awful lot of stick. Um, I'm going to fess up here. I am a member of the Liberal Democrat Party in this mm-hmm. country. I don't even know, Liberal, know what that means Liberals over there. Liberals are, are slightly different here. They are more to the right on the spectrum. Um, and basically, when I said I want to support this guy, this guy makes sense to me. I got an awful lot of flack about him being an isolationist, all, all, uh, basically everything you listed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But particularly the bit about the fact that he sticks to his principles. That's something bad? This guy, this guy cannot be manipulated. 
He cannot be bought. Well, the politicians sure don't like that crap. I mean, in Washington, D.C., they don't understand how somebody can't, you know, compromise and get along. They don't understand somebody who's uncompromising when it comes to the Constitution. I, mean, I have seen no socialists here who, who like Ron Paul. And they like Ron Paul because they know what they're going to get. Yeah, they're it's all across true. the spectrum here in the United States, too, as fans of Ron Paul. Yeah, um, seriously, is he doing... I mean, the, the, problem, the problem is uh, trying to convince, convince people over here because they get their news from CNN and um, CB, uh, uh, NS, CNS. What's your, you guys have one? Sky News over there, right? Like, that's your version of Fox. Yeah, that's, Mur that's owned by Murdoch. Right. We all know about how Fox News have treated Ron Paul <laughs> um, in the States. But basic, basically, I have said, from what I've heard on the ground in New Hampshire, he's doing far better than any media reporting. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely I think gonna, true. I'm up I, here in New Hampshire, and we've, he's got more signs than anybody. I think we're going to see a, a pleasant surprise come the New Hampshire primary. Ziggy, as always, good hearing from you, and thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. Whether you're uh, in another country or right here in uh, good old America, you're welcome to participate in the show and bring up whatever you want. Toll free. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwa uh, airwaves this live Saturday edition. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features there completely free. I was just wondering, uh, you know, how many... How many radio shows do you suppose are actually live on December the 22nd um, on many. Saturday? I Not can't many. imagine too many people are, uh, I would are working. I would say even less uh, radio shows will be live fewer. on Monday night, uh, Christmas Eve, and even fewer live on Christmas Day. But Free Talk Live will be here every single day next week. Can you week. imagine a radio show doing a live Christmas I think I mean, besides a DJ spending some, uh, you know, ho, ho, ho. That doesn't happen. They're yeah. all computer run. There's nobody in your local radio station next week. No. If a tsunami hit on uh, Christmas Day, there'd be nobody to tell you what the hell was going no, on. I, no, th no I need, we should be fair, Mark. There are some stations that do have staff uh, that, you know, that operate 24 hours a day. I don't know which ones they are, though. It's usually a safe bet that if you're listening to music radio, there's not a soul in the building. They yeah. just flip that sucker on uh, autopilot mode, and the computer takes you all the way through the holidays. Uh, but we will be doing live programming, and we are here live tonight, and we'll be live all next week, though you won't be here, Mark. You're going on vacation. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, going back to see my mom. It's Christmas time, and my best friend's getting married, so it's, uh, it's time to go back to Florida for a it's week. All right. By the time the week's over, no one will even remember you were here. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, do you know what's going to happen with this show while I'm gone? You're going to say something horrifying. Oh, sure. The public, uh, <laughs> our, our talented co-hosts will be here sitting in for you. Our station, uh, you know, one of our stations will be uh, ready to, to to quit by the time I get back. <laughs> we'll I see. need to be here to keep you in line. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, uh, freetalklive.com. Go there. Get interactive. If you like the show then we'd like to invite you to become a Free Talk Live amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up for as little as 3 bucks a month, and you'll get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum. Uh, but the purpose of the AMP program is to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live. Get us on more radio stations across the country, thereby spreading the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. So if that sounds neat, then go learn more at AMP. FreeTalkLive.com. We go to the phone calls. Talk to John in New Hampshire. John, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi, guys. Hey, John. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, when I heard you mention Howard Dean's name, I thought I'd share with you my conspiracy theory. Okay. Uh, Howard Dean was knocked out of the race. 
I believe, because he's a true outsider and he was truly against the law. Now, wait a minute. Now, when you say he's a true outsider, I don't claim to know a lot about this I dude. I mean, as far as Washington. But wasn't he the head of the Democratic National Committee? No, not, not, not before that. He was that. afterwards. Oh, afterwards. afterwards. Okay. Yeah, right. So he was uh, just the governor of Vermont. And the reason, the reason that I think there's a bit of a conspiracy is the way that this shakes out. Um, and Ziggy mentioned that, you know, there's an, politicians tend to not like somebody if they'll stick to their positions. Right, they can't I think be Howard Dean, I think Howard Dean, they just didn't know his positions other than maybe the war, and they didn't like that. Hmm. But here's what happened. You got a guy on the campaign trail, and he's out there rallying the troops, and he, and he does his Dean scream, as it came to be known. Yeah. But this kind of stuff goes on at rallies, this is the, and he's maybe more energetic than some. Right. But he's doing that right along and throughout the campaign. All of a sudden, on one day, they got the clip, they got the right footage, and they started to relentlessly start playing this so-called Dean scream over and over. Right there. And this is as right when Dean was rising and rising and rising, and the the true insider, measured by his willingness to flip and flip and flip and flip on positions, right. Just like George Bush did, if you see what he campaigned on, and then the people who surround him tell him, I'm sure it's just advice that he's listening to. All the people that are around him are telling him he can no longer follow these policies. So maybe he truly meant what he said, but now he's surrounded by people. Mm. So you've got a guy, a true insider like Kerry, that they know will flip on any issue. You've got George Bush. These are the two kind of guys they need, and I think that the establishment people don't really care if it's a Republican or a Democrat because there is, as it was once said, not a dime's worth of difference. Yeah. you got Dean going down. Yeah, I mean, you got Dean going up and Kerry going down and, and almost at, like it was synchronized on one day, every single media outlet, talk radio, TV, from, including NPR, they just started relentlessly playing this over and over and over. Do you believe... really think that's what did it? The the fact that they well, played a sound clip. Over I think and that's over what again? did it. But do you think they that... made him look like a crazy man? But do you think that um, the media that the the media was given talking points from somewhere? Did they did they follow some order? Get marching orders from somewhere, John? I think that these people, when their boss says to them, "Why aren't you playing that Dean scream today?" Mm. I think they probably shake in their boots and say, I think I better start playing that. Now, the reason that I mention this is just as a forewarning so that all the Ron Paul supporters don't get spooked. I can't imagine the Ron Paul supporters are going to get spooked if something silly like that were to happen. In fact, I think it's if it's true that it was the Dean scream that was you know that sealed his fate, that uh, that encouraged people to uh, steer away from his campaign. I think that really says something sad about the state of American politics. That you, you know, don't think that the state of American politics is sad. Well, I do, but but I think that really says something that you know all it takes is one little outburst, uh, a silly it's scream. Not the one little outburst. My friend, it's the repetition and the commentary to make him. They they made they didn't make it sound like he was um, a guy excited at the campaign uh, stop and rallying the troops. They made it look like he was a complete lunatic. Hmm. My point of it is that they certainly all of these candidates have these what they are called opposition research. They know all the dirt and any little possible thing going back to early childhood on each other. Yeah. 
and there, there will float trial balloons like they're doing now, you know, whether it's the racist thing or whether it's the 911 conspiracy kooks or whatever it is. They float these trial balloons to see what's going to, what's going to catch. What's going to hurt the most. What, yeah. Right. What's going to shake the thing. And I believe at some point you are going to see a relentless attack through talk radio and TV. I think you're going to see that point when the first uh, when the New Hampshire primary happens. Right. When Once they, they find realize out he's that he's serious. a real da- that Ron Paul's a real danger to the uh, Republican establishment, it's going to come on heavy. Washington period. It's going to come on heavy and strong, and the supporters need to be aware that it's coming. I think it'll be great when that happens, because uh, that just means more attention for Ron Paul's campaign. Ron Paul's not going to back down. He's not going to pull out. I don't think that's going to be a problem. But, yes, you're right. We should be expecting it. And, John, thanks for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. And as you said earlier, Mark... You know, Ron Paul's pretty much a Boy Scout. He doesn't have anything in his past that we know of, at least. Uh, and if he did, they'd probably already have drudged that up. Well, you know, there's there's a couple of things that they can, uh, you know, say about him and, and drag up. But it's it's nothing that they that they can't be, uh, that if somebody looks at and looks at fairly, that they won't uh, look at, you know, and realize that, oh, well, that's nothing. But, you know, there's a couple of things out there. And I think that uh, hopefully the Ron Paul campaign is so original and so different that they would have brought in some supporters. A lot of these people that, uh, for instance, have never voted before that are now interested in the Ron Paul campaign, many of the apathetic uh, folks have had their apathy cured by the Ron Paul Mm -hmm. campaign. I think that these are the types of people that are not going to be swayed by some bizarre sound clip. Uh, You know, oh, our candidate screamed, so I can't support him anymore. I mean, what what is the mentality there? Is it when Rush Limbaugh plays a sound clip over and over again that that ruins someone's campaign? These me- media organizations playing a sound clip, playing the video clip, that's what killed Howard Dean's campaign? I, I mean, I understand people vote based on what someone looks like and the sound of their voice and the color of their hair and everything. But I early understand. on, you know, Ian, early on, things, uh, things matter. You know, they, they're, People haven't made their decisions. I, I guess I'm just hoping the Ron Paul supporters aren't that shallow. They're not. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two. I mean, Ron Paul's made um, raised more money in one day than uh, than any candidate ever has. That's a good That's, point. When they're when they're giving money, they're not shallow. Let's go to the phones. Talk to Dennis in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live, Dennis. Hey, what's happening? Hey, guys? What's on your mind, sir? Yeah, I was um, just wondering about the Ron Paul campaign. I was a Kucinic supporter. In fact, I think I emailed the show and you read it about a week ago. Okay. Okay. I made the comparison between Kucinic and Ron Paul. Perhaps. I think I'm on. Yeah, I think I'm on board with Ron Paul, but one of the sticking points with me is is that he proposes to bring all the troops home from around the world. Now, how many troops do you think is around the world? A whole lot. Uh, uh, most of them. 200,000? I was thinking a million. Maybe I'm a little high. I think it's oh, more than that. I read that there's 75,000 today. I read there's 75,000 in Germany alone. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so when we bring I was just guessing. Home, okay, so when we bring the troops home to the U.S., what happens to those guys? Do we lay them off, or do we keep them as troops, and then we have, like, kind of more of a police state than we already have. And if we do lay them off, do you think the local governments will hire them as police so then we have more police? So what's the solution well, that you guys think? The, the, um, the, the solution is what they did back in, I think it was the late 90s. Um, it might have been the uh, mid-90s. Anyway, uh, you know, they just, uh, Clinton was in charge and they, weren't, they didn't have as many people. And they gave people the option to uh, get out of their, their service contract. And many of them took it. About half of the military said, oh yeah! Which, of course, <laughs> kids, if you're thinking about going in the military, realize that most of the people that were in the military aren't in there anymore. It's because it sucks, and they left. Dennis, we can discuss this more. If you want to hang, we'll uh, put you on hold. 800-259-9231. Hour 2's on the way. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. 
Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves. On this, the live Saturday edition of the program. And don't be fooled. We're really here. When we say we're live, it's Christmas weekend and everything, but we're here. 800-259-9231, and that means we want to hear from you. I would imagine there's a lot of people listening right now. It's just that, you know, during the holidays, it's not the time for most people to call. I don't know. It's not ever the time for most people to call in the world of radio. <laughs> That's true. Most people never pick up 99% of our listeners we will never talk to. <laughs> that's true. 1% we will. Maybe 1%. I mean, that's again, that's just a number they pull out of thin air, too, because there's no real way to tell yeah. how, how, do how many listeners things? actually call in. But we are here, 800-259-9231, and as always, have lots to talk about. On the way, we'll tell you about orphanages and how they might have a, I'm, I think, I'm thinking, a negative effect on young people's brain capacity or yeah. intelligence or something. Well, Mark, you've got that story. We'll get to it, but your calls are primary. We go back to Dennis in Maryland. Uh, Dennis, who had asked a pretty good question, and I wanted to make sure we really fleshed out the answer uh, before we moved on here. Now, Dennis, you were you were saying that um, were you a socialist or are a socialist, or I missed that part? No, I'm not a socialist. I thought Kucinich would be a good candidate, but the more I listened and the more I researched it after I heard me on that podcast, uh, the email I sent, I just started looking at the Ron Paul campaign. It made mm. more sense to go with Paul. And the more I looked into Kucinich, he is kind of a socialist. So what I mean? was it that drew you to Kucinich in the first place? Was it the war issue? Well, I mean, I, I consider myself a libertarian, mm-hmm. but I'm probably more of a Democrat libertarian. You know what I mean? Like more workers' rights and stuff like that. And that's what drew me in. But the more I looked into what he was doing, it, you know, it just didn't appeal to me. Yeah, he's definitely a he's an absolute socialist. But the thing you got to give Dennis Kucinich credit for is that he doesn't hide that. I mean, right. he's pretty. He's a socialist of integrity. Yeah, he's honest about being a socialist. So I mean, he's pretty much the straight shooter, I guess. Yeah, he deserves some points for that. Uh, but but even on the issues that many libertarians are are familiar with, when it comes to Dennis Kucinich, they don't really know the whole story. You know, they see Dennis Kucinich talking a good game about medical marijuana, but they don't understand that uh, he also supports jailing marijuana. On a dealers. He wants to go, you know, he wants to lighten up on the users, but he still wants to crack down on the dealing side. And of course, for any other drug, he still believes that the war on drugs should go on. Um, so exactly. that's terrible. And then exactly. there's the issue with the war. Yeah, he might support pulling back from Iraq, but he also supports the UN invading other countries and nation building and doing all that nonsense. So he's not even really principled when it comes to those areas. But nonetheless, you had asked what was what would happen if Ron Paul, or hopefully when Ron Paul pulls home from around the 130 countries of the world, the U.S. troops that are occupying over 700 military bases in those 130 countries. What would happen with those troops? And Mark, you had suggested that they might be given an option for early um, withdrawal from the military. Right. right? I mean, uh, many, many people in the military, I would suspect about half of them would say, I'm just, yeah, I can leave. Sure, I'll do that. Yeah. You know, they've their lives have changed. They've met somebody special. They want to get married. They, they've been to uh, war once and kids. don't want to have a chance of going back. Right. They realize that uh, war's really messed up gig and uh, that they don't want to have anything to do with it from here on out. It's not just like a video game or whatever. And, you know, they realize that uh, the, the military was supposed to teach them discipline. Instead, it's uh, rob them of their, their um, motivation in life or whatever. 
so you know they would they would absolutely get out. I don't think that uh, Ron Paul. I, I know Ron Paul being against uh, big government would definitely not bring the military back here and turn the United States into a, a police state. No, I would imagine. I mean, we don't have Ron here to ask him, but I'm pretty sure that he supports Posse Comitatus, uh, the the um, act that was passed in the late 1800s that basically prohibited the military from being used as a police force. So I don't think you would ever see Ron Paul do something like that. In fact, I'd be really interested to talk to. Ron Paul about the constitutionality of the military and how in was it article oh gosh eight I, I'm not sure which one it is but anyway there's something in there that specifies that the army is only supposed to be put together for two years at a time and then it's to be disbanded um, I'd really be curious to to, uh, to ask Ron Paul what he thinks about that but I'm with you on that one Mark I don't think that you'd ever see a Ron Paul presidency using the military in the streets of America even though George Bush has certainly paved the way for that by essentially destroying Posse Comitatus I'd imagine you'd see that reinstated uh, during the Ron Paul presidency but then again that's that's just speculation did that help alleviate any of your concerns at all? Yeah, I mean, you pretty much cleared it up. But I wonder, on a second note, I wonder how much the world economy depends on the troops being over in these bases. Not you know, at like all. Where, I mean, like where they're stationed at, like let's say Germany. I don't it's know not our responsibility. I mean, while it's true that the, you know, well, the troops... I, well, I, mean, the, I mean, I definitely agree with it's not our responsibility. I just wondered if it would tick them off big time. Oh, I'm sure it would. You know, some people. It's definitely going to on a micro uh, economic scale. It's definitely going to affect some people. I mean, there's some people who've built their businesses around right. serving GIs in different countries. Strip club or a bar that happens to be located near a military base. Obviously, they might see a dip in business, but uh, it's not our responsibility as taxpayers to right. keep their businesses going. And, and that's going. really the that's really the thing is they've they've sold us this this line of guilt. Um, we the Americans. Well, we have to keep the world safe. Do you see the people in Sweden paying to keep the world safe? I mean, we have our military all over the world. Why in the world are we paying to keep shipping lanes clear and uh, you know keep keep uh, the, the Middle East so that they can uh, ship oil all around the world? That's not our job. Very good, Dennis. Thanks for the call, dude. Appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You could take control of the airwaves. Let's go to April in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hey, April. Hey. You know, um, I heard your the guy talking about the Howard Dean thing, and I um, I called my husband. He couldn't give me the exact quote, but apparently right before they went after Howard Dean, Howard Dean had made a statement that he wanted to break up the media conglomerates. Mm-hmm. And that's what really set them off against him. And what happened is they started saying that that scream was affecting people. You know, people are such followers. They're such lemmings. That they will, if they think, oh, hey, people aren't voting for him anymore because he's a nutcase because he did that scream, then they won't vote for him. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And so that's that's what happened. And if you, you know, I, I'd really like the listeners to do a little research and look who owns almost all of our media is owned by maybe four companies, and and these guys like Samuel Newhouse and Murray Rothstein. Uh, you know, Sumner, who's actually, who goes by the name of Sumner Redstone and Lawrence Tish and some of these guys, you'll see, you'll see the same, there's like four guys and they own all the different corporations and like Nickelodeon and MTV and HBO, they're all owned by Viacom and, and sure. you'll see even just as you're driving down the street, the billboards are owned by probably and your local TV station. Clear, and your Channel, local radio Clear Channel owns a lot of billboards, for instance, and they're the number one radio station owner out there in, right. uh, and in they America. Own, and, then they, and then they also own the, the magazines and the newspapers 
and they own. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like really they, amazing. They I mean, how how um, how few people actually hold many of these big media organizations in their in their. But hands. the way they're able to do that is because um, the government, through the FCC, puts a limit on the amount of tele- television stations or radio stations That's that true. can be out there. I mean, there's no way for four companies to own it all if every anybody could start up a radio station that wanted to, and it wasn't all these, um, you know. Big corporations. We'd certainly have a whole lot more competition in the absence of the FCC, no doubt about that. And luckily, we have the advent of the Internet where none of those things really matter anymore, and people can go and start their own uh, news-gathering organization. They can start their own YouTube channel and and get their own ideas out there. And And things are starting to change. Howard Dean would have never ever um, considered getting rid of the FCC, he likely would have put some different rules that, oh, well, you if you own a radio station, you can't own a newspaper in the same market, or you can't have more than five radio stations in a given state, or more than 15 stations, you know, all right. this confusing gobbledygook that the FCC had previously. As far as I'm concerned, anybody should be able to own any any radio or television station they want. It just shouldn't have a monopoly in its uh, you know given market. Exactly, April. Any other well, thoughts? What, yeah, what's happened now though is, like I said, there's only like four people that control, and everybody knows. Look, the media really controls our our government. It controls the way we think. They're the ones that are showing stuff on TV, telling our kids what they should be wearing what music they should be listening to. I mean, because they control these. And so like a small independent station like KGEZ here that's independently Mm -hmm, owned mm -hmm. in Montana, I mean, this is like something that's really rare. And I I just hope the people that are listening realize how wonderful it is that we have this independent radio station here that is not really beholden to any but big I think I should make make something clear, though, April. I mean... It's not as bad as you make it sound like it is. I mean, yes, KGEZ is an independent and they're a great um, station, but we're also on a couple of Clear Channel stations as well, and they're the biggest corporation in America, and they're running Free Talk Live. So it just goes to show that there is still some level of local control, even when it comes to the big conglomerates. Thank you for the call. More on the way. You take control. This is your show, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, the live Saturday edition of the program. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got features. They're all for free. The Shrine of Female listeners included with dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo. To prove they listen to the show, head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And sound money is under attack. The Liberty Dollar offices were raided by the FBI and Secret Service on November 14th, and all of its precious metals, computers, and records were seized. Your help is urgently needed. Go to libertydollar.org, get signed up for their updates, and register for their lawsuit. Don't let the government steal your money and destroy the Liberty Dollar. That's Liberty Dollar. Dot org. I wanted to just touch on a couple things here before we move on uh, into uh, some more phone calls. But April was just on the line a few moments ago uh, from KGEZ. And while I, I empathize with some of the things that she had to say about the media and how there are a lot of these media organizations, whether it be you know Time Magazine or Fox News or The Wall Street Journal, many of them are all owned by the same parent companies. And that can be kind of, you know, when you look at that, that can seem like it's got a real chilling factor on freedom of speech and expression in America. And I think to some extent it does. But I also think that people blow that out of proportion as well. And to uh, to point out, she she made the claim that she believes the media controls the government. I don't think that's the case at all. I think the media would like to influence the government, certainly. 
they they certainly want to influence public opinion in favor of some government officials over other government officials, no doubt. I mean, they do feel as though they have a role to play there, but does the media control the government? No. The government is the monopolist, uh, the monopoly on coercive force. It's the government that controls the media. So the media well, would like I'd, the government to leave it alone. A- in some areas, um, like the National Association of Broadcasters uh, is trying to go get uh, the government to go after Sirius and XM for their merger thing and sure. creating a monopoly in an industry that didn't exist three years but ago. But they're just lobbyists like any other lobbyist. Yeah, I mean, well, they're controlling all. the government in that area. But they're not controlling the government. They're attempting to influence the government, and it's ultimately the government people's decision as to whether or not they'll listen to the NAB. So the NAB is, they don't. is just another lobbying group. So no, the media doesn't control the government. It's the other way around. The government controls the media, and the media wants to minimize that amount of control and try to exercise as much influence as it possibly can. But again, to give credit where credit is due, um, even though there are some big multinational corporations out there, if you, if you look at the actual programming... I mean, let's look at the Ron Paul campaign, for instance. If it were really true that, you know, um, these media organizations are so completely restricted from the top down by their ownership, then why are we seeing any coverage of Ron Paul? Why is it that Ron Paul's on the Tucker Carlson show? Why is Tucker Carlson on MSNBC endorsing Ron Paul? Wouldn't his handlers tell him to stop that? What about John Stossel? How did John Stossel, a real libertarian, get to the position of Head anchor for 2020, one of the most popular news programs in the entire country. How's that possible? I mean, certainly it's no secret that John Stossel is a libertarian, and I'm sure his bosses are well aware of it. So, you know, Tucker Carlson, John Stossel, you've got uh, this guy Joe Scarborough has been very friendly to Ron Paul, having him on his show, giving him lots of time on the air. Seems like MSNBC is a lot more friendly toward Ron Paul than Fox News is, for instance. Mm-hmm. But, but nonetheless, there are some definite, uh, definite libertarian personalities in the media. And why is that? Well, it's because these big corporations care more about profits than anything else. Let's be honest. I mean... Their owners might have their ideology that they want to push. That might be the case. But they also know that if hiring John Stossel over some other guy is going to bring them more viewers and bring their advertisers more ad views and possibly more people through their front door, that's what matters. Because they've got bills to pay. They need money coming in. Right. And Largely, so, it is a business. Right. So if a libertarian entertainer is better than the other guy, they're going to hire the libertarian. If that weren't true... John Stossel wouldn't be where he is today. I think right? to some extent um, ownership drives content, though. I, I think I acknowledge that, Mark. Yeah, I'm just I'm making sure that but it's I'm understood. But I'm pointing out to you that even it's, though they might have an ideology, profit trumps ideology in many cases. Many, many cases. Okay. I would say most of the cases. I don't know if it's most of them because we don't have 50 John Stossels out there, but it's starting. things are starting to go in the right direction. We're starting to see a shift in, uh, in the mainstream media, and I think that's positive, and I think it should be encouraged. So when you see something you like, whether it's on your locally owned radio station or whether it's on a national, uh, a national syndicate or something like that, or whether it's an ABC or an MSNBC, you should get in touch with the programmers and tell them what you like because they always hear from people that say, you know, that will tell them, that are more than happy to tell them what they don't like. When you're doing programming, when you're running a radio station or you're running a television station or a network, it's usually the complainers that you hear from. Yeah. So if you see something you like or a commentator that you enjoy, let them know. Tell them that's good. Hey, we want more of this. Hey, I really like it when your station does this. If you keep doing it, 
I'll keep going to your advertisers. That sort of thing. Give them a little positive reinforcement so they know not to fire John Stossel and they know not to get rid of these people into the future. I Just agree. a suggestion. And and again, believe it or not, even though with these big corporations like Clear Channel, there are some top-down mandates that, that do come down from the top, there are still a surprising amount of decisions that are made on the local level. Let me give you an example. Um, I mentioned Clear Channel. They're the biggest uh, the biggest radio station owner in the country, mm-hmm. over a thousand stations in their repertoire. I think they actually got too big for their britches, though, because they've been selling off stations recently. Yeah, and it, likely they'll go private at some point. They are going private sometime and Mitt next Romney's year. Mitt Romney's trying to buy them, by the way. That is true. Uh, in, in fact, I think it's probably a, almost a done deal at this point. But Clear Channel has been selling off their stations recently, so actually more local companies have been able to buy radio stations as of recent time. So that's good news. But even with the, the existing Clear Channel uh, company, our station in Grand Rapids that's airing the show tonight, WTKG, is a Clear Channel-owned station, and they've had us on for well over a year at this point, maybe even longer than that. Uh, I talked with the program director there, uh, Phil Tower, great guy, uh, talked with him last week, and you know what he's doing for us, Mark? Um, isn't he on Christmas Eve, or Christmas Day, uh, we're going to be on another one of his stations? Right, because Phil programs two stations in the Grand Rapids market. He programs the number one talk station, Wood and then he programs WTKG, which honestly isn't anywhere near number one. But uh, the the number one talker, Wood, is just huge. It's, in fact, the number two station, uh, 12 plus. It's just one of the biggest stations in the market. Mm-hmm. And uh, since we sent out a message saying that Free Talk Live was going to be doing live programming on uh, Christmas Day and Christmas Eve, we'll be here live. We offered it up to program directors around the country. It's sort of like a, a, tr- a test basis. Like, right. Here, take Here's an this. opportunity. You, your guys aren't going to be in live on Christmas Day, so plug us in instead. And it was Phil who took us up on that offer. He's the only station in uh, you know all of the country that decided, you know what, I, what I'm going to do, what he told me was he was going to take our show. Now, we're normally on WTKG in Grand Rapids, but on Christmas Day, you can hear us in Grand Rapids on the number one talk station, Wood 1300. Christmas Day only. So he's doing that for us because he can. Because he is the program director, even at a big company like Clear Channel, has the ability to make all kinds of local decisions. And so I just don't think it's as bad as some people that are sort of anti-big media make it out to be. I really don't. And uh, again, we're on 33 stations now, Mark, instead of three. So that's a good sign too, right? Yeah, we're growing. All right, 800-259-9231. There's our little media exercise for you there. If you want to chime in, maybe uh, you think we're wrong about that. I think things are a lot better as far as the state of the media in this country. Uh, I, I think they're a lot better than some people think, and I think that we're looking into the future of new media. That's going to We're going to see that help. I think as new media sort of combines with old media into whatever that's going to be in the next 10 or 20 years, I think that's going to help expand programming options, and that's good for everybody. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. It is the live Saturday edition of the program, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features for free. The bulletin board system included with over 300,000 posts for you to surf around through. Serious issues and fun stuff. You'll find it all being discussed for free at freetalklive.com. Actually, BBS. 
bbs.freetalklive.com will get you straight to the fun. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. How would you like to lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet? Check out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to ftldiscount.com, read some real testimonials, find out how to order. That's ftldiscount.com. We'll find out in a few moments here how orphanages might affect the intelligence of the kids that are put into them. But first, uh, we will go to the phones. The amp line, it's Matt in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live, Matt. Good evening. Hey, what's on your mind? Um, okay, well, I got to see my kids today and um, went over there with their presents that I bought from ZeroToys.com. Oh, really? Excellent. One of our advertisers. What'd you get? Right. I got my son the uh, Zero Blaster. Yeah, we've got one here in the studio. And I got my daughter and my ex the combo bubble gun with the uh, magic stick with the that shoots out the bubbles that are full of smoke. Oh, that's cool. Oh, wow. Cool. And uh, my son called... Called it the toy. The uh, he used the word meaning human excrement. <laughs> it's it's the best thing around. But yes, yes. And uh, oh, I, I thought he was saying it was crappy. Okay. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> he, he, he really liked it. That's how you know. You know how they say like bad is good. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's that. It's that. It's, it's the, the s. Right, right, right. right. The and, urban nomenclature. Gotcha. And my kids are teenagers, so um, to actually get them something <laughs> that they really like. Is exceptional, and these are the sure. only toys I got them. Otherwise, I got them money, and you know that was their Christmas. Very yeah, cool. It, uh, with me, when I had some toys um, when I was a kid, it was it's funny. There's some toys that I had for a long time and played with a great deal that you would have never thought was, you know, that this uh, amazing thing. It wasn't the most expensive toy I ever had or anything like, like a that. cardboard box. And I think that the Zero <laughs> Blasters like that. Yeah, it's a it's a, just a really cool idea. So, mm-hmm. what else was on your mind tonight, man? Um. Uh, I think it was John called in was talking about Howard Dean yelling yeah. and screaming and then the media making it sound like he was crazy. I wanted to point out that's not the first time that happened. It happened with Ross Perot. What did he do? Ross Perot claimed that George H.W. Bush's people had uh, threatened his daughter. Hmm. And they played that up as Ross Perot was wasn't crazy. The, wasn't he saying that there were ninjas, though? I don't know about ninjas. Um, he might have said, you know, there, there are Secret Service people and they certainly could dress up like that. Would I, I don't know. I don't remember him ever saying anything about ninjas. Maybe they reported it that way. Yeah, per- maybe perhaps. maybe the uh, you know maybe the the news media were like you know joking about it. yeah he thinks there's ninjas coming after him <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know that kind of thing yeah. right. But I don't think he ever really said that. I might be wrong. I don't know. But you yeah. know how they can they can you know. News people that can blow things out of proportion like that just by making a, a off the off the cuff comment. Yeah, how interesting that they, they didn't investigate his claims because that sounds like a pretty interesting story to me, and it sounds like one that might be believable. And uh, that's the other thing I was going to point out, and you, you you jumped the gun on me, but yeah, that's ex- that's exactly what I was going to say. They never did investigate it. Nobody did. The police didn't. The FBI didn't. They just oh, George George H W Bush wouldn't do that. Yeah, right. He's and, the president. Right. Exactly. <laughs> as though that, that puts him above everybody else as far as the president would never be a bad guy. The president is perfect. He's, he's, uh, we've elected him because he's the ultimate person. I mean, what is that all about? He's as fallible as anyone else, and he probably has uh, fears and enemies and reasons to, to do things like that. Yeah, you see, you, you hit the nail on the head. You got it right on the head. Oh, and, man. Um, so that wasn't the only time. And they have been trying to paint Ron Paul. Like a crazy person, oh, yeah. and his, and especially his supporters, and it's not working. 
Because he's not crazy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that, and, and, and I think that people have gotten beyond that now. They can kind of see past that. I hope you're right about that, and I guess only time will tell. But I think uh, that as Ron Paul continues to be, you know, those accusations are leveled at him, he will continue to handle them as deftly as, as he has been doing and really just make himself look better every single time they take a low blow. Thanks for the call, Matt, and, as and, always. Or, hmm? And one more thing about yeah. the media and what April had said about the media and what you guys were talking about. Sure. Is people seem to forget that it's also up to us to take our personal responsibility and turn off the TV when we don't like what's happening yep. or what we're seeing, or change the channel, and that's going to change how they broadcast the news. Not so much. Not so much. Really, it's more likely, I mean, they don't have any way of really knowing if you've uh, turned off their channel. It really makes a difference when you actually take the time to contact them and really tell them how you feel. That's right. the, that's really going to send them the, the strongest market signal. Uh, and also, it, it works if you contact their advertisers as well. Okay, well, that makes sense. Very good, Matt. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Now, sometimes it works. I should point out that if uh, if you've got a, a controversial program on your airwaves, whether it be a TV show or radio show, uh, some might consider this show controversial. If you've got a controversial yeah, show... Right. We want peace and freedom for people. It's crazy. There's a chance that someone's going to get upset. They're going to go to an advertiser and tell the advertiser, I'm never going to buy your product again unless you pull, off, you know, you pull yourself off of this show. Well... If you hear from a lot of people that are complaining, there's a good chance a lot of people are listening, too. And a lot of the people that, that claim they're going to boycott are really just blowing hot air because they want to affect the programming of the radio station mm -hmm. more so than actually stop, stopping right. purchasing they're those products. They're more malcontents than actual uh, people that, that care about the content. So a smart program director or a smart radio station owner will point out to his uh, potential advertisers or the advertisers that are, that are scared of having these uh, people pull out from their business, they'll say, well, look, you know, that's, that's actually a good sign because it shows that the show's controversial and controversy means people are listening and people listening means you're going to get more business through your doors to make up for those that might actually not uh, continue to come. Just an idea. Yeah. 800-259-9231. Mark, let's talk about the uh, kids in orphanages in America. What is, uh, the, or I guess, presuming America, where has this study been done uh, it, at? It, um, actually, it takes some, some studies all over, but okay. uh, I'll, let me get through here. It's from uh, Benedict Carey. Uh, it says a, this is, you know, uh, he uh, works for one of these psychology magazines. Um, let's see, it says at the bottom of the article. I'm trying to get down to it. I don't really I care. Let's just get into it. I now. believe it was in psychology today. Psychologists have long believed that growing up in an institution like an orphanage, stunt, uh, an orphanage stunts children's mental development, but have never had direct evidence to back it up. Now they do. From an extraordinary years-long experiment in Romania that compared the effects of foster care with those of institutional child-rearing. The study, being published on Friday in the uh, Journal of Science, found that toddlers placed in foster families developed significantly higher IQs by age four, on average, than peers who spent those years in an orphanage. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, though I haven't heard really great things about foster families either. The difference um, was large, eight points, and the study found that earlier children, uh, the earlier children joined a foster family, the better they did. Children who moved from institutional care to families after age two made few gains on average, though the uh, experience varied by child. Both groups, however, had significantly lower IQs than a comparison group of children raised by their biological families. Hmm. So, obviously, getting raised, raised what by... What about adoptive parents? Were they not factored in? Apparently, they weren't. Okay. 
but most parents that are adopted, um, you know, m- most parents that adopt are adopting kids that are sort of at birth, and I don't think that affects at all. I okay. was adopted. <clears throat> Some developmental psychologists had sharply criticized the study and its a sponsor, the MacArthur Foundation, for researching a question whose answer seemed obvious. But previous efforts to compare institutional care and foster care suffered from serious flaws, mainly because no one knew whether children who landed in orphanages were different in unknown ways from those in foster care. Experts said the new study should be put uh, put put to rest any doubts about the harmful effects of institutionalization. So it's bad to be in an orphanage, mm. period. That's all. And might help uh, speed adoptions from countries that still allow them. Uh, most of us take... Uh, take it as almost intuitive that being in a family is better for humans than being in an orphanage, said Seth Pollack, the uh, psychologist in the University of Wisconsin. What makes this study important, Pollack um, went on, is it gives objective data to say that if you're going to allow international adoption, then it's a good idea to speed things up and get kids into families quickly. So all these governments that are stopping people from uh, getting kids into their families... Like gay people? Uh, and that, that All kinds of uh, families. Yeah. Right. It's it's screwing with kids. 1-800-259-9231. We'll come back with more on this. Take your calls as well about anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features for free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping with us, the Free Talk Live store. Just go to store.freetalklive.com, and you can shop amongst our wonderful merchandise that includes everything from DVD, classic archive collector sets, to a Free Talk Live bottle opener, lighter combo, and uh, the requisite clothing, like uh, T-shirts and hats and hoodies. Head on over to store.freetalklive.com, and between now and the end of the year, if you purchase a Free Talk Live T-shirt at the store... Free Talk Live will send 10 bucks to the Ron Paul campaign. So just an extra reason to get on over there and uh, buy some Free Talk Live gear. Once again, that's store.freetalklive.com. So 800-259-9231. Mark, um, you had talked about this story from the psycholo- psychology today about IQ, intelligence quotient, and how being in an institution like an orphanage, for instance, as a kid, can negatively affect uh, the, the child's intelligence and it turns out that being in a family situation, whether it be a foster family or biological parents or presumably adoptive family as well, uh, is going to help those kids be smarter when they grow up. Right. The study was done in Romania. It found that IQ tests taken at 54 months of age, um, the foster children scored an average of 81 on an IQ test mm-hmm. compared with 73 uh, for the children who continued on an institution. Hmm. Uh, the comparison group of youngsters who uh, grew up with their biological families had an average IQ of 109. Interesting. So, obviously, um, you know, being in these institutions is not good. Now, there's all kinds of extraneous factors here, but this was done on a large, large amount of kids. And there are some things that you can draw from this. Okay. Uh, first off, uh, government standing in the way of people, uh, you know, adopting kids. There's a lot of foreign adoptions that go on in the United States. Uh, people, you know, want to get, want to help people that are in dire straits, and so they adopt kids from foreign countries. A lot of those governments get in the way, charge all those people all kinds of money, and just, you know, paperwork. Uh, oh, they could mistreat them in the United States. They could turn them into slaves. They make all kinds of crap up so that they mm-hmm. can, you know, charge you ten thousand dollars to get a, a little Asian child. So those That's governments sad. are hurting people. 
They are hurting those children. They are not helping them. We put the governments in charge of helping children. Governments hurt children. Okay. I would say that any government regulations that affect adoption agencies would get in the way. And I mean, right. in this country, and too. I would say that's inc- up to and including selling your children. Um, as as far as I'm concerned, I think people should be able to do do such a thing because people want children. They want healthy children. So being able to sell the um, their unborn child to, to the, the highest bidder as opposed to adopting it out and getting a stipend from the family, which is the same thing, mm-hmm. and that goes on here in the United States. And another thing is um, there's such a big debate about uh, gay couples getting children. Here we've got a study that proves that kids being with families is they develop better and americans are all worried oh what about the gay people if we give them marriage then they'll be able to adopt and they'll be able to have kids of their own doesn't worry me well that's good because those kids need adopting right now there are kids in foster homes um that are not being adopted by straight couples out there there are gay couples that would adopt them if the laws weren't against them doing so. Right. These anti-gay people like out there would rather have those kids rot in a foster right. home. Now, you don't get rot, to, excuse me, in an orphanage. They than say in, that uh, they should be raised by a two-parent family, a, a husband and a wife and all that stuff. You don't get to pick that because they're sitting in an orphanage right now, and the husbands and wives aren't coming along and taking them out. Yep. They're too busy with their little lives, and uh, they're too busy having procreating and having their own kids. Right, so but there's gay couples that would. Yeah, a gay couple wants to take the time and effort to... Bring Bring that uh, child into a loving family. Right. You know, it may not be the family unit you grew up in or that you think is appropriate, but the fact is uh, I've known plenty of gay couples uh, in my life, and they've all been wonderful folks. I think that it would absolutely be a fine thing for them to uh, to be raising kids, should that be something they want to do. And that's what they want. Why shouldn't they be able to have what they want and help a kid out all at the same time? What's wrong with that? If you can tell me, 800-259-9231. Right. I mean, think about it from your own personal standpoint obviously uh, i i would agree that a uh you know a biological you know your biological parents husband and wife being together is the optimum circumstance but it doesn't always happen people get divorced people move on people i would agree sec- Mark, sexuality that, i would agree that a couple that loves their child is the optimum circumstance it wouldn't matter to me if i don't care if it's four people living together as long as they love that kid and they're going to treat them like one of their own, that's what matters the most. Not, you know, a husband and a wife, because there's some bad biological husband and wives out there. There absolutely are. Now think about, um, but think about it for a second. Would you rather, for you, if you were growing up, would you rather grow up in an institution, an orphanage, or would you rather be raised by a gay couple who loved you and took care of you and, um, you know, obviously they're going to teach them different things than perhaps a fundamentalist yeah. white... Uh, like tolerance. Yeah, something like that. Who knows? Well, they're going to be intolerant towards other things. Humans are intolerant creatures. But, Maybe. you know, there's... It's just... It's so awful to me that uh, there's kids in... Yeah orphanages in the United States right now, rotting away in there, and we tell gay couples they can't adopt. I would love to hear your thoughts in this one at 800-259-9231. In the meantime, we take your calls about anything, and we go to Lou in Florida, listening on WFTL. Hello, Lou. Lou in Florida, going once. Yes, how you doing? Hey, Lou. Lou. What's on your mind? Uh, Listen, down here on the local station, we have a lot of callers calling in for Ron Paul supporters. Uh Uh-huh. And they seem to be displaying a real religious fervor. Okay. It's almost like uh, they're replacing, they're, they're placing their religious beliefs in a political figure. Okay. Now, I'd like to know, do you think that a lot of libertarians are atheists who are using the Ron Paul run as almost like a religious thing? Oh, I don't no. I don't think so. Um, I think that Ron Paul, uh, I, I think that uh, libertarians... Are, are you an atheist? 
Ian, for instance, is an atheist. I I believe in God. Um, so you know, but libertarians. Ian's an atheist. What's that? Ian's that an atheist. Correct. Mark is so not. So the more extreme uh, libertarians tend to be atheists. No, I don't not think, at all. I don't think you can draw any conclusions. No. Let me give on, an example. Um, real life. Real life example. Here in uh, Keene, New Hampshire, where we live, uh, the former president of the Free State Project, Varen Swearingen, is a very devout Christian. And he is as much of a you know a free marketeer as I am, so absolutely not the case. I think what you're seeing, Lou, is that the Ron Paul supporters are just so excited that it's almost a religious-like experience for them. Exactly, and, and don't you find that a bit dangerous? Well, do, you haven't play, you seen those, you know, the political conventions, Lou, where people are wearing the silly straw hats and waving flags and all that other well, and, and, and balloons and stuff? No, but that's silliness. Well, when I'm talking about when I hear in the tone. And some of the Ron Paul supporters, it's a religious fervor. And that becomes dangerous because politics is just, it's a means to an end. What, you don't want to make it into a religion. What's dangerous about freedom, Lou? It's not the, it's not the freedom. It's the, it's the, the kind of uh, you know, adulation well, that some I, of these, they get on the radio. I think Tancredo like would have loved to have had that kind of adulation um, going on around his campaign because well, he dropped out this week. So well, now that, what are you uh, going to do? Who are you going to support now, Lou? Ron Paul, uh, Duncan, Ron Duncan Paul uh, is... Duncan, Duncan Hunter. Well, you're going to support Duncan <laughs> Hunter? I mean, yeah. you know he's going to drop Who? out too. Look, get behind Ron Paul. He has the same immigration policy that, that you freedom. were hoping. Right. Lou well, Luke cares, cares about immigration. That's his issue. Yeah. He hates no, Mexicans. I, no, no. I, I, care, I care about the security of the country. Oh, whatever. So, now, I just don't understand what your concern is. People are excited about a candidate. They're enthusiastic. They're bubbling over with excitement. What exactly is dangerous in your mind about that? No, listen. If you look into history and you see the type of uh, following that he has, it's almost the type of thing you would see uh, around Stalin or Hitler. But Stalin, or Stalin didn't have anybody around him, Lou. That's that's completely inaccurate. But wait a minute. Even if it were true, Stalin and I Hitler. Almost, I, I could picture. I could picture the Ron Paul people putting up their right hand and saying "Sig Heil." No, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's ludicrous. The, the, uh, I could I could picture the Tancredo people doing now, such a thing. Now wait a minute. Now please, let's not turn this into a personality contest. Um, there no, is. A, listen. No, no, no. You made a point about Stalin and Hitler, and I'm going to to rebut that. Uh, Stalin and Hitler's message was a message of hatred and control. Ron Paul's message is a message, a message of freedom, liberty, and love. Peace. So yeah, but if you, if you would listen, if you would listen to Ron Paul when he's talking about the war and the vitriol and the hatred he displays against those who support the war... You are out of your rabbit mind. Do you want to, I, I have listened to every single one of these debates. Ron Paul doesn't have any kind of vitriol at all. No, He's a kind man. He wants to bring the troops he, home so they can live. And he wants to stop killing people, Lou. Yeah. I don't think you've been listening so very getting, carefully, no, Lou. Very quickly, getting back how to many, my main uh, point. Uh, Lou, how many Arabs do we have to kill to make the world safe? We don't have to kill them. We have to convert them to free market ideas. Well, there you go. How are you going to do that? Pointing guns in their faces? I know. Why don't we start by burning some Korans? <laughs> no, I don't think that's the way See, you persuade people. There's a message people. of hate and vitriol, Lou. Yeah, that's not how you persuade, Lou. No, but basically, Ian, you have to admit, though, there's, uh, you know, like the extreme left sees religion as being the opiate of the masses. You get a lot of that from the objectivists. And the Ian Rand types, they also believe that religion is the opiate of the masses. I, think I personally I think, am... I think you're right um, when you're drawing those parallels, but, you know, a, a lot of those people substitute other stuff 
um, for the religion. We uh, objectivism, libertarianism, it's similar, I guess. Yeah, but I'm not an objectivist. Not the same. I'm not either. And but I, I may share similar beliefs that uh, organized religion a is of, dangerous. A dude. lot of objectivists are warmongers, just like you, Lou. You hey, should Lou. check it out. Great call as always. Thanks, dude. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Hour three coming up. Your show, Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Once again, that is freetalklive.com. And uh, phones uh, are loaded up here, so we are going to get to the calls. And then hopefully uh, we'll talk about the TSA's uh, continued failure. (laughs) But first, we go to Tallahassee and Adam listening on WUTL-FM. Hey, Adam. Hey, how's it going, guys? It's going great. Good to hear from uh, Tallahassee. We don't get enough calls from your station. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, man, guys, I just, I've actually heard you guys like one or two other times, but I don't really get to listen to the radio that, that much, uh, um, on like Saturday nights and stuff, but tonight I was just sitting around and I, you know, just to let you know, I'm 23 years old, I've, I grew up in a conservative background and I'm just now really starting to get interested in politics and I hear about Ron Paul and stuff and I heard you guys tonight talking about him. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the things that I hear on the radio, whenever I can listen to it during the week, I hear a lot of conservative radio on this station. We got Bill O'Reilly and Ugh. and things like that. And Bill O'Reilly, he seems to diss Ron Paul any time that he's brought up. Yeah. And he said how you know he was on um, his show and he kind of shut him down. And you know I was just listening to you guys tonight. And he, it sounds like a lot of cool stuff. You know, it, it's very, I don't know. I'm sorry, I'm a little bit nervous. Sure, that's all right, man. We're I, definitely I, pro-Ron Paul. Here I get nervous yeah, when that's, I call that's, radio that's shows, too. That's what I'm getting, and it sounds like there's some good stuff going on with, with what he has to do. And I just want to see if y'all saw that interview that was on TV or whatever, and, you know, your your input and feedback. Which, which interview, the Glenn Beck one? No, I, apparently Bill O'Reilly was interviewed... Or he interviewed Ron Paul on TV. I haven't seen Ron Paul on Bill O'Reilly's show in the I last haven't either, and, several and I, months. I would hope that Ron Paul wouldn't be silly enough to go on uh, uh, Bill's show. If it wasn't, if it wasn't on TV, it was on the radio, and then he just made it sound like, oh, I guess it was with his policy with the war or whatever. You know, sure. O'Reilly, this might have been a uh, O'Reilly could have been referencing something that might have been a year old. You know, he might have had right. Ron Paul Ron on Paul's a long been time a, ago. Is, is a ten-time oh, okay, okay. uh, House representative. You know, he's a ten-time representative, so but it could have been any time. If I may, I'd like to explain. Um, Bill O'Reilly, you know, uh, he he hates freedom, see? <laughs> so, of course he's going to attack Ron Paul. Bill O'Reilly's an authoritarian. He's a statist. He believes that, you know, the government should be able to control our lives in several different ways, and he doesn't like it when Ron Paul gets on the air and starts talking about liberty and, you know, being able to control your life and, and you know, dis- direct it in the direction you want it to go without having to ask permission from government bureaucrats first. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, as much as he positions himself as a man of the people, is just another, you know, just another guy that wants to control your life. Yeah. Now, um, what Ron Paul's uh, position on the war is, 
I don't think that he like he doesn't like the war like I don't like it. But he thinks that Congress should have declared war against Iraq instead of saying to the president, "Oh, well, you do whatever you think you should do," because that's not the president's role. The Congress, while it's in session, is supposed to declare war. Now, of course, um, we needed a uh, commander in chief of the military at the time in the times when people traveled uh, from. Georgia to Washington, D.C., on the back of a frickin' horse um, to make a decision to declare war. Obviously, the commander-in-chief right there in Washington should be able to move the troops around and that kind of thing. But now yeah. it's the, the president's become so much more. We haven't declared war since 1941, but we're the world's policemen. It's wrong, and Ron Paul just wants to return us to a constitutional use of the military. Any other thoughts? No, uh, the, uh, that makes complete sense. Uh, well, actually, real quick, what yeah. do you think? I mean, it just seems like you don't hear enough about Ron Paul. I mean, is, it, is there even any point for him running? Of course well, there is. Uh, you're going to hear mean, more and more as time goes by. He's, like, he's going to do very well in New Hampshire, no matter what the media decides to tell you. Um, he's going to do very well here. And as much as Fox News might not like it, much as Sean Hannity might not like it, Ron Paul's going to place rather well in both um, Illinois and New Hampshire. Uh, you mean Iowa? Iowa, but, Iowa um, excuse me. But the reason you're not hearing about him is because the mainstream media mostly is making a concerted effort to not talk about Ron Paul, uh, again, because they have this establishment interest in promoting the, the, the name candidates, and they want to pretend like Ron Paul doesn't have a chance. I don't know if you got the news on this one, uh, Adam, but uh, on December 16th, Ron Paul's campaign, they raised over 16, or excuse me, it was over $6 million on one day yeah, in yeah, 24 I, I hours. Yeah, it was the biggest uh, single or raised uh, donations in a day ever. Yep, for biggest day ever. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And and that's just, it's record-setting, it's unprecedented, especially for a campaign which the media would like to pretend doesn't exist. So really, I think we're going to see some pretty neat things coming up here. And if you're not getting enough Ron Paul coverage from the shows you're listening to, of course, you can always listen to Free Talk Live on Saturday nights there on WUTL. Uh, you know, this isn't the Ron Paul show, but we do check in uh, from time to time with, with what he's doing. And also, we do a weeknight show, which you can listen to online at freetalklive.com, or better Yet, uh, this is this applies to you, Adam, and anybody else listening to a station that only carries us on Saturdays. Pick up the phone and call the program director at your favorite radio station there and talk to him and say, hey, I like Free Talk Live on Saturdays. Let's see what we can do about getting the weeknight show. Just tell them that that's something you might want to hear, and they'll take that under advisement. It might just happen sooner rather than later. And, Adam, thanks for the call, dude. Good hearing from you. Uh, And congratulations on your new journey into the world of politics. It's a despicable, disgusting world uh, for the most part. But, unfortunately, you know, these people want to control your life. So it's really in your best interest to get involved to some extent, to at least understand what's going on in the world out there and to, to, to know how it affects your life. Because otherwise, they're just going to keep regulating you and passing new taxes and getting ever more intrusive into your personal affairs. Right. The, you may not care about politics and government stuff, but the politicians and the government really cares about you mm, and, and what's going money. on in your wallet yep. and how they can control your life. And that seems to be, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, the, your well-being doesn't matter to them in any, any way, shape or form, really. But they care about your money and enslaving you. Exactly. Let's continue with Vince in Indianapolis. Vince, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi, Mark and Ian. How are you doing tonight? Good, Super, sir. Vince. What's on your mind? Hey, I liked your show last night. You guys are really talking about things I've harped on for years, and mm-hmm. the Libertarian Party harped on for years about 
trial without jury or tri- we're getting our freedoms taken away, uh, especially the trial or having a trial without juries. Yeah, where these and judges just about, sort of administer trials without even really giving you the chance to have a jury trial or pretending like you don't have that option. You're talking about that guy in Lima, Ohio, where the FBI came in and seized $400,000 out of his safe in his home. Yep. Took his life savings. 63-year-old man. And, you know, and it, but it goes on for not just in that area, you know, in the war on drugs, but. You know, uh, Senator Dale O'Connor said this, I believe in 1989, Supreme Court Justice said that we do not have the right to face our accusers. And this was in a child uh, pedophile case where this man was charged with lewd acts and sexual acts. Really? Several children. Right. Well, he probably wanted and to face they, the children. They said, whoa, I don't know about that. Hmm. Yeah, the children later recanted and... And, you know, that's becoming another can of worms. But, you know, this is what's happening in our country today. And most people don't, you know, you, you sit there and you talk about, or you talk about the lady that got raped over in Iraq and she couldn't, they couldn't bring it even to the military tribunals. They had to go in front of an arbitrator. Right. Sick. Can you imagine doing that in this country? You know, having an arbitrator, you know, say if you've got, you know, your place of work and someone, one of the employees that works there robs you, and now you can't take that to court because you signed a piece of paper that says that. Especially you know, it's when the company gets to choose who the arbitrator is. Um, mm-hmm. Arbitration can be a great form of, uh, of, of solving disputes, but only if it's administered fairly. And if the company has an arbitrator in its pocket, which it certainly appeared that way with the, the Halliburton case where the, uh, the gal got. Uh, TDI was that the name of the company that she was working for over KBR. there? Mm-hmm. KBR, excuse me. KBR, but uh, but see, this is going on and on and on. I mean, you know, because like there was one scholar when he program I watched it called American Democracy in Action, and this former Supreme Court Justice of Oregon, she said that we basically have let prosecutors and judges and legislatures. Yeah, they sure do, and it's so sad. And Vince, thank you for the call. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. This is the live Saturday show. You can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us, including the live streams. There's a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both for free for you at freetalklive.com. Going right back into the calls, uh, let's talk to Dennis in New Hampshire. Dennis, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Mark. Dennis, New Hampshire, going once. Dennis in New oh, Hampshire. Sorry about that, guys. There he is. Dennis, what's on your mind? Hey, you guys were talking about conservatives in New Hampshire and... Uh Actually, not just conservatives, just Ron Paul doing well in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And I am seeing a lot of conservatives, like New Hampshire conservatives, the ones that are active in the party and stuff, um, going for Ron Paul, largely because of the free staters they know. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Like several members of the, I don't know, like the central New Hampshire Republican organization. It's pretty well, cool. I, I think I consider it very good too. news. Yeah, it's definitely good news. But... Oh, and, oh, wasn't it great that that scary little man, Tancredo, dropped out of the race? Yeah, 
I guess. He's I not don't as know. frightening to me as uh, as Huckabee, though. I have mixed feelings about that because I, I feel like the more warmongers there are in the race, the more diluted the warmonger vote will be and the better Ron Paul will do. So, you know, while I don't care much for any of those other guys uh, and I don't mind seeing them drop out at the same time, I wonder how that's going to affect uh, the, the, the final polling. I think Tancredo actually was the perfect guy to drop out because really he was the one attracting the otherwise constitutional type Republicans. It's the ones that just don't understand that you can't destroy the Constitution to save it from the brown people. Mm. Yeah, Aside from that one point. They're out there. <laughs> Anyways, I really actually wanted to call because I have a exclusive interview, uh, exclusive FTL information. You What's that? Really? The president of the John Birch Society, mm-hmm. John McManus, is going to be speaking at the Liberty Forum the same day as Ron Paul. They, that is going to draw a lot of people. Uh, the John Birch now, Society. What is, now, I've heard they're a conspiracy group. What is that? What are they all about? They're kind of a conspiracy group, <laughs> but they're they're sort of hugely anti-communist, mm-hmm. freakishly anti-communist. Which is, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. No, certainly. In not. a way, they remind me a little bit of the Ayn Rand people, and that their philosophy is kind of similar, except they're as religious Christian as Ayn Rand is atheist, mm. and they kind of do a lot of conspiracy theory stuff. But Got it. philosophically, they are so on board, and a lot of stuff is not a conspiracy. Very good. Well, that's uh, that's good to know. And adding to the already just extended list of speakers going to be attending the upcoming 2008 Liberty Forum, which is happening, and that's, it's good that you brought this up, Dennis, because I was already planning on talking about it this segment. Uh, it's happening coming up January 3rd through the 6th in Nashua, New Hampshire. You can go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to learn more about it, to learn all of the, uh, the speakers that are going to be there. Who are you most uh, excited about seeing, Dennis, this year? Which speakers uh, most interest you? Well, I just—I mean, pretty much the keynotes, especially you know Ron Paul and Bernard von Nuthaus, because geez, I mean, it looks like if he can survive another two weeks as a free man, this could be very fun. Yeah, I think it's going to be great to see Bernard there, um, and it's there's going to be so many people at this. I, I it, uh, the last one, what? How many were there? 150 or something like that. 100 oh, what? At, uh, people? Attendees? No, it was like 300 something. Oh, yeah, I guess I'm. It was I'm a sellout. Diluted here. I'm sorry. You know, speaking of like the Ayn Rand people, the uh, executive director of the Atlas Society, who I, I can honestly say I've never heard of because I didn't really keep up with the Ayn Rand stuff. But I would assume that Ed it's the objectivists. Yeah, the, yeah the, the objectivists club is what they called it in my college, which, you know, was very cool. Now, you're not the, the organizer of the, uh, the Liberty Forum, but I know you're fairly closely involved. Uh, I do, serve as a webmaster. Do we know if there are any available, is, are there any available, uh, any available rooms left in the hotel at this point? The hotel, I think, they did like a special end game deal. I have no idea if they're sold out or not. But if you go to the hotel page, I think it asks you to send an email, and there's a you almost have to have a secret handshake at this point. Interesting. So better get on it right now. Go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Use the code 2008FTL to save 10%. I'm really looking forward to being there. Free Talk Live is going to be broadcasting live. Of course, I'm excited about seeing Barry Cooper from NeverGetBusted.com. He's going to be there. Uh, Jim Babka, of course, our friend from DownsizedDC.org. Always love to see Jim. He's going to be in attendance. Uh, all kinds of great uh, libertarian speakers going to be in attendance. I'm looking at uh, more uh, seeing the listeners. Uh, also, Kane from the WD. 
WWE is yeah, going to be there. Yeah, he's going to be there on Thursday night, too, hanging out. <laughs> I, I can't wait. to. I just want to watch him wading through the people, because he's like seven feet tall and 400 <laughs> pounds. He's a gigantic man. Yeah, but you'll know him, because he's also the probably going to be the one of the nicest guys he's, in he's the race. Very, very nice, man. Nice and, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward, actually, to going to the State House that day, because there is nothing that is cooler than having 50 libertarians descend upon the State House. It just freaks them out. You yeah. should really go. Does. What you should do is go and look at their uh, the schedule over at freestateproject.org/libertyforum. A lot of really cool events are going to be happening. In uh, some cases, it's going to be difficult to choose what to go to because there's just so much going on. And then, of course, there's just the impromptu things that happen when you're just around hundreds of other like-minded, liberty-oriented people all in the same place. You go out to lunch and breakfast, and uh, you Don't socialize. Don't forget the, co- the, the single CAA cocktail party That's on Thursday. Thursday night. So, uh, good reason to arrive early. Dennis, thanks for the exclusive. We appreciate it as always and good hearing from you 800-259-9231 we go to becky in Keene, new hampshire listening on wkbk hey becky hi guys happy holidays hey what's Thank on you. your mind tonight uh first of all that caller uh last hour lou mm-hmm. yeah lou. he's <laughs> one of the reasons why we're the most hated country in the world well, you know, Lou likes to call us, call in and give us some trouble, and, and he definitely represents an opinion that's contrary to ours. Yeah, I like it when Lou calls in, because it's good to have someone con- conflict with our viewpoint. And he's not a bad here. debater, so that's Yeah, a good but thing. why are you guys condoning rampant stupidity? <laughs> we invite all of the stupid to call our show, Becky. It, it's, yeah, it's just but, fun. Um, last hour, you guys were talking about adoption and all these kids that uh, need to go to get homes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the fact uh, the, the studies show that uh, kids that are that stay in the institutions as opposed to kids that are actually adopted out actually end up having lower IQ. And mm-hmm. so the, Mark was suggesting that we really need to do everything we can to lessen government regulations and get these kids into people's homes, whoever it is that wants them, uh, you know, as long as they're not violent people, obviously. Well, yeah. But, yeah, if, if a gay couple wants them, then why shouldn't they be able to have them? Well, speaking of retarded government re- uh, regulations, my best friend of 10 years that uh, is still in Connecticut mm-hmm. is tra- was trying to adopt a child. Mm-hmm. And she called, called the state and said, okay, I want to go through all the rigmarole to adopt a kid now because her and her husband can't have any right now. Right. They won't let her adopt a child because her husband, her husband is epileptic. Because he's epileptic now, uh, yes. <laughs> but an epileptic guy that if if they could have kids, it wouldn't matter. You know, this is it's just so silly. Wow, that's I, despicable. Tell me about it. You know, and there's kids, uh, th- there's there's these kids that are going to end up in foster homes. Um, they're going to end right. up in in uh, uh, in orphanages. They're going to end up in all kinds of bad exactly. scenarios, and they would adopt them and take good care of that right. child. I, I mean, are they worried that they're going to see him have a seizure or something like that? I mean, what I have you? no idea. And the thing is, you know, he's out working most of the time anyway. So my friend would actually be the primary caretaker. Yeah. And um, so yeah, the, the state of Connecticut is just. Stupid. Uh, that's what's wrong with governments all over, though. Just arbitrary yeah, rules that they put in place, and you know, it's it, it could be Connecticut, it could be Haiti, it could be any place. You know, I've actually seen kids on on like both sides of the issue: kids that have been in orphanage, and kids that have been in families mm-hmm. all the way through. And the studies are, are dead on. Yeah, I please. Mean, Please, what we need to do is get these kids out of the hands of the government and put them in the hands of people that actually care about them, like charities and other organizations. Thanks for the call, Becky. More on the way. This is your show, Free Talk Live, live Saturday edition. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. 
If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the Sickle CAI toll-free line. It is the live Saturday edition of the program, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, including the updates. Get signed up. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Just get on the list at updates.freetalklive.com. It is, of course, completely free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters created by top attorneys. LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom. Dot com 800-259-9231. According to USA Today, federal prosecutors are targeting a rising number of law enforcement officers for alleged brutality, Justice Department statistics show. The heightened prosecutions come as the nation's largest police union fears that agencies are dropping standards to fill thousands of vacancies and scrimping on training. Cases in which police, prison guards, and other law enforcement authorities have used excessive force or other tactics to violate victim civil rights have increased by 25% from fiscal years 2001 to 2007 over the previous seven years, the department says. Now, remember, these are the cases that have increased by 25%. Now, in order for there to be a case, someone must bring a complaint or bring some charges So there are more instances of police brutality and corruption and the police using their power uh, unjustly on people, on innocent people out there, but many of those cases go unreported. Many of those cases uh, stay quiet. The, the victims sure. stay quiet because they're afraid to death. They've already had some trouble with the police. Right. What are they, you know, who's going to investigate these police and how is it going to turn out well for them? Likely it won't. Anybody that's been paying attention to this sort of the rise of the police state mentality in this country can tell you that every time the police come under question for their actions, nine times out of ten, if not more than nine out of ten times, the police get off completely scot-free from whatever the incident is. It, It almost... The only thing you can do as a police officer that won't guarantee that you you keep your job is, like, to molest a kid. Or maybe kill somebody. But even in the case of killing people, the cops get away with it all the time. I've got a story about that here in a few moments we can get to. But uh, a little bit more from this story. During the same period, the department says it won 53% more convictions. Some cases result in multiple convictions. Federal records show the vast majority of police brutality cases referred by investigators are not prosecuted. Mm. So the cases that come in, they just say, well, we can't do anything about that. Right. Sorry. Steph gonna. Oh, sorry, they shot your husband. Well, oh, they killed your dog. Well, sorry, nothing we can do. Yeah, and they, you know, they kill dogs all the time. You wouldn't, it, you wouldn't believe it, how it, often it, they kill dogs. It is the practice of uh, a lot of police officers to just kill the dog. Because they can. I mean, the dog's not going to bring charges, and it's uh, the the cop. All they, they can have to always do is, say it was threatening. Me. Right. That's all they have to say is I felt scared. Right. I thought the dog was going to bite me, so I shot it dead. Mm-hmm. Of course, I was on the family's property for no good reason. Oh yeah, there have been instances where the police have been cutting through someone else's lawn to get to a different house that they were supposed to be going mm-hmm. to, and then a dog will come run up at them and bark or something, and they'll shoot it in the head. I'm not exaggerating this. Yeah. 
University of Toledo law professor David Harris, who analyzes police conduct issues, says it'll take time to determine whether the cases represent a sustained period of more aggressive prosecutions or the beginnings of a surge in misconduct. The cases involve only a fraction of the estimated 800,000 police in the United States, says the executive director of the Fraternal Order of Police. Even so, he says they're concerned that reduced standards, training, and promotion of less experienced officers into the higher police ranks could undermine more rigid supervision. So we already know that the police as a whole have a whole lot of uh, they've got a major problem with corruption they've got a major problem with rogue cops going out there and you know making up the law on the spot that sort of thing and now they're telling us they're reducing their standards we already know how bad the cops are now they're r- lowering their standards hmm. so even scummier cops can come in there scary and then when you talk to the good guys you, you see we hear from two kinds of cops on this show and I always love hearing from law enforcers. It's always interesting to talk to you guys. 800-259-9231 if you want to chime in here. But I can pretty much categorize cops into two categories. The good guys and the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Now, when the bad guys call in, and I hesitate to say they're all bad that take this position. It's just my instinct. Okay? But I believe that the ones that call in and say, when we're talking about a corrupt cop story, we're talking about a bad cop, then you get a cop to call in and say, well, that's just a, t- you know, they're just a few bad apples. Cops aren't like that. 99% of these cops are good guys. They just want to help people. That sounds really nice, but I don't believe it. Because then there are the other guys that call in. The cops that have been on the force for 8, 10, 12 years that we've talked to. that Ma- have uh, Several, uh, quite honestly. We've talked to quite, quite a few throughout the years. They have quit their jobs. Or intend to quit their jobs. Or just disgusted by what they see. Too scared to say anything. Because of the corruption. Because there's so much of because it Because corruption there. rises through the ranks. Yes. That it, uh, it, it's, it's, it's not the, the low-level cops that you're worried about being corrupt. It's the high-level well, ones. Well, it's all of the And above. they enforce their um, corruption down on the lower guys. Right, and then they protect the bad guys. So when the bad guy, when a bad cop does something, he's protected by his higher-ups and he's, you know, the thin blue line closes and they lock the ranks up and they they come to the defense of the scummiest of cops and it really discourages the good guys because they they feel like there's nothing they can do about it. They don't want to go out on a limb and try to get their coworkers in trouble because they're probably rightfully afraid that they're going to be targeted for some sort of retaliation by these bad cops. Uh, it's just the impression we get from the good cops that call in is that the co- corruption is rampant. But then there are the other cops that call in. We don't know who they are. They claim to be police. And they always say, oh, 99% of cops are good guys. They're just a few bad apples. I don't believe that for a moment. I do believe there are probably some really newbie cops that take that viewpoint, that haven't been around long enough to really see how bad some of their coworkers are. I think that there are probably a handful of newbies that will take that position. But I think that anybody that's in poli- has been in policing for more than a year or two would know that that's just not true, that it's not just a few bad apples. Well, um, I, what I can tell you is... Uh, I. I was in prison for um, oh, almost nine years, and I had to deal with. Uh, well, I was I was the uh, I worked for the cops. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was right there with, amongst them every day, and I wouldn't have said I, I wouldn't have gone nearly uh, that high. Maybe twenty five percent of them were bad, just bad people. And yeah, one out of four—that's pretty bad. It, um, I wouldn't have said Not the highest 1%. ranks, but certainly there were plenty. There were plenty of mean, vicious, sadistic dudes that were um, up in the higher ranks and uh, you know some was one of the meanest men i ever met was uh, one of the officers you know the the higher level officers mm-hmm. um 
and I would have said that maybe 25% were really, really good people. Good people that wanted to do the right thing every single time. That's what they attempted to do. Right. They they followed their moral, uh, uh, you know, compass, and they tried to do that. Now they may have been right or wrong, but they tried to do the right thing. And then most of them were just the sort of 50% um, that was in the middle. They were people doing a job. Orders. Yeah, they were just doing what they were told to do. Uh, they wouldn't have. They just didn't care that much. They, they were going to do whatever they right. were told to do. They were just sort They're of functionaries. Sheep. Yeah. Yeah. So and when they are following a bad order, they're being bad cops. I, I, that much would be true. Yeah. And uh, you know, if if a, so, if a bad guy comes along and says, uh, uh, you know, a bad uh, lieutenant comes yeah. along and says, yeah, kick that guy to sleep. Mm-hmm. Well, they're going to do that. Mm. They're not going to stand up. They're not going to say anything. Now, the good ones would say, mm, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Right. And then as a result, they'll get promoted to the overnight or, you know, demoted to the overnight shift or stuck in the overnight shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what the one guy had called in from Texas when we spoke with him a few weeks ago. He's stuck in the overnights. He can't get out of there because he's being punished for being one of the good guys. Usually cops want to be on the overnights because that's when the action happens. But, I don't know if that's true. But correctional officers do not. If there's action that's going to happen, well, it might happen during the overnight, but usually there's just not much going on. No, I think that most um, – usually when – yeah, the, the action happens for cops at night. I think it depends. I think probably more so in the evening than the overnights necessarily. I don't know how far overnights, but most cop shifts are um, at, at 10, 12 hours. So <laughs> yeah, overnights is evenings too. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can take control of the airwaves. I know the the cop I was thinking of starts his shift at eleven at night and goes to like seven a.m. Yeah, so, he's going to see a lot of action there. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. That's not the impression I got from what he said. More on the way. You can take control. This is your show. Bring up anything and uh, corrupt cop stories coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control. Even in these remaining moments, the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the Sakel CAI toll-free line. It is the live Saturday edition uh, Christmas weekend. Uh, we're actually here in the studio talking to you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are completely free. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then do your shopping, whether it be for the holidays or whether it be just because you need stuff need to buy stuff, uh, do it at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. It's like a little portal into the world's largest Internet retailer. If you enter using that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. The prices are still the same great prices, free super saver shipping on a whole lot of items. It's just that if you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, they send us a cut. That's as simple as it gets. Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Uh, let's go to the phone calls here and talk to Ed in Texas. Ed, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Oh, man, this is the first time I've seen or rather heard your program. Mm, shocking, and, uh, isn't it? Well, the thing about it is Ron Paul rings the bell, and I'm from Lake Jackson. Ah, and Texas. And part, uh, part of the group that's helping uh, him in any way that we can. And, Excellent. And uh, just let you know, he is one of the most honest guys, and he's the doctor we need. Now, he lives in Lake Jackson, uh, Texas currently, right? That's correct. What else is there? Clute. He's from Clute. Is that somewhere near there? How how big Clute. is this area? He's well, Lake Jackson and Clute are uh, attached, basically city limits to city limits, and it's right on the outskirts of Dow Chemical. Hmm. Gotcha. So, what was your reason for calling tonight? Well, it's just it, you know when you're working the the, the program down here and 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 watching every program that you can get uh, on TV. Uh, and all of a sudden, here I am driving the, to see a friend out in the middle of the country uh, in, in central Texas where there's hardly anything. Mm-hmm. And I just happen to be looking for a program to listen to. And you guys are talking about Ron Paul. And 
and I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, it it uh, it really means a lot to him. He's he's a, he's a natural. Oh, okay. I was looking at you, looking at my uh, my call screening list. It, it said here that are you listening on the radio right now? Because I wasn't clear on that. Uh, I was, but we can't even. Re- I can't even pick you up now on the radio. I must have been I must have been our station phone. in Cameron. Must have been uh, KTAE yes. in Cameron. Yes, Cameron. Okay, cool. I was just curious as to where you were hearing us. So uh, yeah, yeah, we love Ron Paul. I mean, he's uh, he's <laughs> as far as politicians go, he's the best there has ever been. I think in uh, in at least recent times, and he he's really principled. He really is a nice guy. I have yet to meet him in person, uh, but we did have him on our program. Uh, you can listen to our interview of him if you go to freetalklive.com. It's downloadable there. And I mean, he really does seem like a genuine, honest guy. And the fact is, it's not like those other politicians where you're unsure of where he's going to come out on an issue. He doesn't dodge any questions. He answers them honestly. And you can actually look at his voting record to see that he means what he says. Whereas plenty of Republicans will tell you that for small government, they're lying through their teeth. When Ron Paul says it, he means it. And all you have to do is look at his voting record to prove that he's, he's telling the truth. So I think that he's and he, really and a stand-up he said it guy. 20 years ago, too. 20 years ago, he was talking the same thing. Yep. Well, that's because liberty doesn't change. I mean, the principles of liberty are consistent year after year, whereas these political parties, they change their uh, positions depending on which way they think the wind's blowing. Yeah, you know, what the, the, the to me, the telltale thing about the uh, political parties, I think, was when um, Ilian Gonzalez was around. The, the parties couldn't figure out which side they wanted to come down on. The Republicans weren't sure whether they wanted Ilian to come or to go or stay or whatever, to be with their parents, his, his family here, family there. But then when the Clinton administration said, well, Ilian has to go back. Well, then Rush Limbaugh, or I, you know, I can't even remember which side they came on. But it was such a nonpartisan issue that when one until side one came, took a side. Until one took a side and the other took the other side. Such nonsense. Mindless. Liberty is liberty every single time. Any other thoughts, Amen. Ed? Well, I, I thank you guys very much. I, I can't wait to tell everybody at the meetup group uh, that, uh, uh, you know, I had a chance to talk with you. Where are you based out of? Uh, we do the show from lovely Keene, New Hampshire, up here in well, uh, the free state. I thought, I thought I heard in New Hampshire, and so... It's just great to hear somebody that far away and us way down here on the same page. Well, here's what I would so, recommend that you do, Ed. Uh, go to freetalklive.com, or better, uh, better yet, go to local.freetalklive.com to, to learn more about how to get the, uh, this show on your local radio station. It's possible. Uh, we're on 33 stations uh, nationwide, and we could use a couple more down there in Texas. So, uh, it's a big state. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm affiliated with uh, KPFT in Houston. And have some friends down there, which is a public radio, and they uh, they do a lot of what you're doing. And so it would be, uh, uh, I'll make sure I get the word to them. Too. Yeah, thank definitely. You. And uh, thank you for the call tonight, Ed. And again, it's freetalklive.com. Hey, thank, thank you, sir. 800-259-9231. I don't think we're on any public radio stations yet. Yeah, we've got commercials. Take it. Yeah. I mean, we have commercials, uh, but I'd take it if somebody wanted to put me on there. I wouldn't turn them down. That's sure. for sure. So, uh, but uh, you know they've got commercials on public radio now. Yeah, they're, they're they've not... got real spots on public TV. <laughs> they've got thirty-second car spots. I've seen some. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, the public TV and public radio has had to ch- um, to change itself mm-hmm. in the last thirty years. It used to be that they got all their money from the government. Well, then one year I think. It was Mid, uh, shortly after Carter, during the Carter administration, shortly after Reagan, something like that, um, they cut the, the funding got cut, mm. and they realized, holy crap, we don't have enough money to pay everybody. We're going to have to do something. So one day they switched on the old microphones and they said, 
please, please, please support us. We provide you with content every single day, and please send in the... Ch-. And people, people did. did. Americans said, well, yes, I do love the content I hear on public radio, and I want more of it. So they sent money in. And then they got sponsors from you know local businesses, and then probably got some national businesses. Wow. I remember Prudential was into it. And Why don't they, they cut off the damn government funding completely? At this point, government funding is a small portion of the money that they uh, you know, use, but they still take it. And I think absolutely uh, they would be better off if you just cut the strings entirely. Yep, um, absolutely. You know, there's, there's no reason, no reason at all that Americans should be forced to pay for one radio station over another. And the idea that the station's public is poppycock. You know, it's managed by somebody and mm-hmm. provides content to a certain demographic and, you know, whatever. That's, that's great. Let them live or die in the marketplace like anyone else. And while we're at it, and they it, let's will, o- they'll do really well. Pe- well they, they get a lot of money from their listeners. While we're at it, though, let's open up the band as well to other competitors that might not necessarily be able to afford the FCC licenses. Let's abolish the FCC in its entirety and really allow true competition on the radio waves. And now that's a pretty radical proposal. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Hey, quick, uh, quick ones here from the uh, in the world of policing. We talked earlier about how police brutality cases are on the rise, pretty sharp rise. In fact, up twenty five percent. Now, these are just the cases where victims' civil rights have been violated or the police have used excessive force since two thousand one. Just as an example of my claim earlier that cops can literally get away with murder, this one from the CBC, a former Winnipeg police officer, was given a conditional sentence of two years less a day Monday for the uh, for killing a woman in a car accident on the outskirts of the city in 2005. The sentence will allow Derek Harvey Zenk to remain free in the community. He'll have to abide by some conditions, including remaining at home between 8 and 6 uh, from uh, p.m. to a.m., abstaining from alcohol and drugs and completing a substance abuse treatment program, and performing 180 hours of community service. Jeez. You know, <laughs> he killed a woman. Was it a DUI kind of situation? In fact, here's what the story was. Now, hold was. on. Yep. Before you go on any farther, I'd like to say that I shared a prison cell on two different occasions with two different guys that had 10 years for vehicular homicide. The average person goes to prison for 10 years for killing somebody in a drunk driving wreck. This guy gets a drug test and 180 hours of community service. The, 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 the cop, cop mm-hmm. gets, you know, basically pro- something like strict probation. The judge in the case said that he struggled with the case, especially with the plea agreement that resulted in the joint recommendation from the defense and the Crown for the two-year conditional sentences. Mr. Zank said the judge, Judges don't leave their common sense or their life at the door when they don their robes. We're human beings like everyone else, so let me tell you what many people really believe happened two and a half years ago. Not because I can take it into account, but because it's in the minds of many people and why this case has attracted emotion, passion, and controversy. Simply put, Mr. Zank, what many people believe is that after work on February 25, 2005, you went out partying and drinking with your friends and police colleagues. You went to a bar until closing time, then returned to the home of one of your friends where partying continued to the early morning hours. We draw on our own experiences, Mr. Zank, and for many, our experiences made tell us that you partied and drank the night away, and then, just past 7 a.m., you got in your vehicle Whoa. and drove home loaded and plowed into the back of Crystal Taman's car killing her was she on uh, probably on her way to work you know somebody coming home mm-hmm. from a party seven seven o'clock in the morning in the end wyant acknowledged the court did not hear sufficient evidence to allow him to deviate from the sentencing agreement because 
In a deal with prosecutors, the cop pleaded guilty to a single charge of dangerous driving uh, in the, again, the instance that caused the death of a 40-year-old mother, whose uh, mother of three, whose convertible was stopped at a traffic light at the time. He was initially charged with refusing a breathalyzer, impairing driving, uh, impaired driving, causing death, and criminal negligence causing death, but the charges were dropped without explanation when the officer pleaded guilty to dangerous driving. I have an explanation. Yeah. Well, the explanation is the police think they're better than all of us, and they act like it, and they can get away with murder. So there's another example. Anyway, it's been Ian here with you. And Mark. Didn't mean to live you on a downer. We'll be back Monday night live all next week. Mark's going to be on vacation, but I'll be here with my wonderful co-hosts. And uh, you can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.